Uh, welcome. Okay, I guess we should wait a second. It's two hours and 31 minutes. What the fuck, Mike? Welcome to Geek Fights Unnamed Superman Podcast, the last episode of the Unnamed Superman Podcast. Maybe? Because there's one that never aired. I don't know if I will put it out before or after this. But uh, with me, as always, is Mr. Chris Mitchell. Say hi, Chris. Neil before Zod. Okay, wrong podcast for that shit. And uh, Mr. Mike Ortiz. Hello. Uh, we're we're doing uh, we're doing Superman the movie commentary uh, for the Donner director's cut. Yep, this is the uh, the edition that's on DVD and and Blu-ray and the you know that's not it, it's also included in the box set, but this is the one that you can get uh, outside of the box set. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I don't think it's actually streaming. If it was, we'd be watching it on streaming right now. Yeah, we would. Uh, it's two hours and 31 minutes. We've actually got it at the eight-second point. It's when the screen first goes to black, and Mike's going to count it down, and then uh, we'll we'll just start going. So go. All righty. Three, two, one. Unpause. Picture is dedicated to Jeffrey Unsworth, OBE. He's the cinematographer. Hey, uh, Mike, move your... Uh, we're, we're recording through uh, Google Plus because we couldn't get the video. So we're watching through Mike's computer so we can see his mouse just sitting there. I always love this beginning with the comic book, even though that's not the cover to Action Comics number one. I didn't know that when I first saw this movie. And that's not the content. So I wonder who drew that. I wonder where those those pages are. They'll probably be going for some money now. Uh, Maybe... I bet you they threw it away. Well, very likely. Because uh, because there, there's probably only one copy of that because it's just just for this. Right. right. No, it wasn't, it wasn't like a big printed thing. Now, this, this dedication to the Daily Planet, I'm guessing that this was done wholly and solely so that everyone knows that they're watching a comic book movie. Yeah, because I mean, this, you know, I, I, there doesn't seem to be. I mean, it's just a dedication to, to, to what? What? Why is this here? Yeah, it's just uh, to kind of show the comic book, an homage, and I think just this idea of how it starts off with this small, black and white 1930s, 1938 movie, and then goes into this big. The names are coming out. Marlon Brando is flying out now. Gene Hackman. And this, I mean, you guys may not, uh, you probably, I don't think I this guy saw this in the theater, did you? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, so I had never seen opening credits like this before, and few people had. I mean, there were some of the cool credits, like in a Bond movie, but nothing like this. Yeah, well, it's I mean, even I Star kinda... Wars just had the, uh, the crawl. But the crawl, yeah. Names flying by through space, that was like, holy fuck, and the John Williams music. Well, like well at, at this point, I was already completely sold on this movie when I was watching it. To be fair, it is John Williams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, no, because uh, one of the reasons, when I was talking to Christy the other day, one of the reasons she doesn't like Spielberg is because she doesn't like being manipulated, and she talks about how when the music comes up, and it's like, no, 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 that's not Spielberg that's manipulating you. It's John Williams. Spielberg right. has the idea of what he wants to do, but it's oh, I don't, I don't think Spielberg has any idea what the music's supposed to be. He right, he, he manipulates you by hiring John Williams. Right, that's, that's John. Make uh, them feel like this. 
right. the, 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 the time the time that I realised that John Williams was just an absolute expert at manipulating people was um, Catch Me If You Can, because the score oh, yeah. for that is just unbelievably so different, so non-orchestral compared to everything else that he's done. Yeah, it's that, so jazzy. That blew it's, me away. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is still very much the same kind of music as in Star Wars. Um, you know, this kind of big, epic, uh, triumphant music, uh, which was different from Jaws, but I hadn't seen Jaws when I, I saw this movie. Yeah, you were 10 years old when this And that's, that's kind of the sad thing is uh, William does not return for two or three or any of the others. This is the only time he's... Uh, they, they, retooled, they retooled it for Superman Returns, didn't they? Oh, yeah. but they, and, and actually, for all of them, they've used the music he composed, but yeah. it just shows you how different... It, I mean, it's, the next one, it's Ken Thorne, who actually does it with a different orchestra. And also, in addition to John Williams, this is the London Symphony Orchestra. This yeah. is a, a, a great set of musicians, too. Uh, but when other people do it, and even like Superman Returns, which uh, was... Uh, I, I don't remember who the, uh, the composer of that was. But uh, it's and I've listened to them like back to back. Still, something about this one. I mean, it's just not just the writing; it's the the conducting and what you get. Like a great director, different directors will get different performances out of an actor. John Williams gets different performances out of his musicians. I think. Yeah, we've sung. We did a whole episode for him. Right. So, story by Mario Puzo. I always thought that was kind of wild that uh, the the author of the Godfather book. Uh, originally wrote this, although he really had little to do with the actual screenplay. Uh, if you haven't listened to the commentaries done by uh, Richard Donner and even uh, God, what's his name, uh, Ilya Salkind, uh, on the DVDs or Blu-rays, I really think you should. If you like, if you think we want, if you think we're going to talk about Superman, these guys actually tell you how this movie was made and how impossible. It was. Uh, yeah, nearly impossible. Uh, John Ottman. Yeah. Did, did it. John Not Hunt. quite. Uh, no. God, does it still feel good. This is one of the best songs ever. The, um, on, on, the, on the DVD that, that I've got, there is a, an isolated music score oh, cool. um, track, which is, which is awesome. It's awesome. The, the only thing that's a problem is that Can You Read My Mind is actually still performed by Margot Kidder in the middle of it. <laughs> so you've got, you've got no dialogue. The only, the only spoken word that you hear on the whole track is Can You Read My Mind. Oh, that's funny. Uh, and coming into the red sun of Krypton. Red Krypton sun. That we now know there's, there's no such thing as red suns. But yeah, at the time... Suns. No, there aren't. Yes, there are. Nope. Yes. Nope. There are red suns. Our sun, our star is going to become a red giant. That is the end life cycle of a yellow star. This is an ancient sun for an ancient race. Of people who live in snow palaces. See, that was something that was always weird. Is uh, not just that they did this. But, you know, fans will complain now if there's a minor change from the comic books. Krypton was like a Flash Gordon planet in the comic books at this time. And, uh, yeah. you know, people dressed basically in tights. And, Super- and Jor-El looked exactly like Superman, but with a headband. Yet this comes out and nobody cares. No, no. See, I think I think this goes back to uh, what uh, Michael posted and other people have talked about. 
uh, like with Star Trek Two. Um, had the internet been around, we would have heard the whiny complainers. Uh, no, I don't. I don't really think. I mean, I, I saw that post, yeah. I, but I don't. I don't think that that's true. I mean, I, 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 I don't just hear the complaining on the internet. I hear the complaining from people I know. I hear the complaining in a comic book store. Nobody was complaining about that. Nobody cared. People just went, "Oh my God, I have a Superman movie that doesn't suck." Well, I and guess. On, and the other thing, honestly. What we're seeing right now is better than what was in the comics. Because what was in the comics was a 1930s Flash Gordon uh, thing. Move your mouth, Mike. That was horribly out of place in terms of, you know, it's basically like, that would be like watching the beginning of of the Flash Gordon movie right here. Okay. It's like, I think people just were, or at least... uh, I'm sure there were there were some. There's always going to be some, but the the conversation was just dominated with, "Wow, this is actually really good. This is like a science fiction movie, not like a a a Flash Gordon comic book." Yeah. Uh, one of the things that that really stands the test of time on this is just by interesting costumes and interesting lighting and you know stuff like that. It's an alien planet, even though it's just you know some heads in the background and a couple of people talking you can you instantly have the feeling that it's not of earth yeah just just through the the clever use of costumes and lighting i mean that was this was a this was a clever movie they 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 pulled off a lot of things that probably they shouldn't have why not just the technology at the time didn't exist to do it oh and they had to kind of invent things and figure yeah. things out. I still want to know how they did the hula hoop. It's a practical effect. Oh, yeah. it's definitely a practical effect, but I want to know how they did it because it looks cool. I want to walk around wearing one of those. <laughs> <laughs> See if anybody notices. Now, of course, one of the things here right off the bat, uh, why does he have a Superman logo on his chest? Uh, I like that they fixed it. What do you mean? Uh, for for the new stuff, and and it's a a symbol of the House of Jor-El, or you know, Here, that's a, what it is, or a symbol of hope. Yeah, the new one, it's hope. Yeah, and this one is, is the House of of El. All the elders have their own symbol, right? Which this was the first time that ever happened. That did not exist in the comics. In the comics, it was always he's wearing an S because his name is Superman. Yeah, or Superboy at the time. This. I wonder how many people are going to get angry at uh, Man of Steel because they basically lifted parts of this story for it and then complained. He said Neil before Zod. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all that Zod says. I've already heard somebody say, uh, complain that why are they just remaking Superman 2? You know, because he, but in, cause in, in Superman 2. In this one, the basic thing is Zod wants him to come forth. And in that one, he like loses his powers or gives yeah. up his powers and then Zod wants him to come forth. And then he goes to the fortress and meets Jor-El and gets his suit costume and his powers and flies off to fight Zod and, and uh, whoever, whatever her name is. Ursa. That's well, not Ursa in the new movie. It's Feora. It's, it's, it's Feora in the new movie. Okay. Um... Because in the comics, there was a Zod at this time, but there was no Non or Ursa. There they were characters who were like that, 
it was Feora was the name of the female Phantom's but Zod uh, was kind of a minor character. Jax Ur, who was in the original script, uh, there were originally four villains, but they cut one because four was too expensive. Uh, Jax Ur actually was a bigger Phantom Zone villain, and he was the one that was used in Superman the Animated Series, I believe. Yeah. Um, now, I, I have to ask, There was was this around the same time as the story of the three Kryptonians that Superman had to kill? That was much later, and that they clearly lifted from this because they, okay. they used Zod and two other comic book ones, but I think it was Zod, and maybe they made Jaxer into a big dude and then used Feora. But that was never, there were always like a bunch of fans of villains. I always loved how these things, these uh, costumes glowed. They look weird. And if you just look, it's just like this fabric that you hit with a light, and that's what it looks like. Oh, it's clearly black light. No, it's not a black. It's not a black light. It's just uh, you angle your light in a certain way on this material, and I, like it's a there's very very fine glass beads all over this cloth, and it's bouncing the light back. You know way too much about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, also before this, I watched like some of the the on that Superman that box set that they put out. Yeah, absolutely the best documentaries about the making of all of the movies, everything. It's a great box set. If you uh, if you love Superman, you probably have it already. It's got Super Pup, which I also thought we should do a commentary for. Oh, that's right. Uh, you know, I'm uh, still mad about uh, uh, Jamal Eigel. He's got his own uh, Kryptonian crest, and I'm like, how the fuck did he get that? Where did he get that from? I was looking all over the internet to see if I could make my own Kryptonian Wasn't crest. There one, isn't there one for Man of Steel? Like a, yeah. A web, a, yeah, I thought I saw something on Facebook. But but I haven't seen anybody making it. Yeah, you can't look at Facebook right now, Mike. You, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do it. We're watching your copy. So. Damn. This discussion is terminated. I have never been otherwise. We can't hear anything, mind you. It's all yeah. subtitled for us. So, but it, I I do like how uh, how Jorel says neither I nor my wife will leave Krypton. And you're like, oh, okay, that's never says anything about the kid, right? Well, the, is the kid even born yet? I would assume so. I mean, they don't really say how much time elapses from like the end of this scene to Jorel's like already got a ship built. Okay. You know, does he just happen to have this ship, this, you know, big star-shaped thing sitting around? I'm that's, uh, I, I do wonder, because is this at the time, was Superman in vitro when he got put in the, uh, the ship? Uh, at this time, well, in, in the comics, he was like three years old when he got sent to Earth. Really? So, yeah, he was, uh, he was a toddler. Um. That's why he had a dog, you know, at that point, and remembered his dog. Uh, and then they just explained something about he just couldn't remember uh, his early years on Krypton because of exposure to the kryptonite radiation when it exploded or something like that. Okay. Um, and then they slowly but surely shaped it into, uh, no, what, he just was a, a, a baby, an infant. So, yeah. And yeah. actually in the in the comics after this in the John Byrne comics he was never actually he never he was in a gestation chamber he was right. basically in an artificial womb on Krypton and that was sent to Earth so he was technically born on Earth okay which in those comics is why he was legally able to run for president 
<laughs> he was born in Kansas. He was born in Kansas because that's where he first emerged from his artificial womb. Way to go. So Superman can be president, but not Obama. But Well, no, he was born in uh, Nairobi or something. Wherever black people come from. And here we get the, what, what's weird is, you know, we get the hint that the, the blankets, you know, have always been part of the, uh, his costume was formed from the, the blankets that he was wrapped in. But these blankets don't look anything like the clothes that he wears later. No, not really at all. It's a totally different blue cloth. That's just like one thing that's three colors. Yeah. But my yeah, all, of, awesome. all of this crystal stuff. Like, I remember, like, that. What is that crystal stuff? That's not a rocket ship. Well, it's so funny because this, it, the first Superman I saw in the theaters, well, pretty uh, the first one uh, for me was the last one of this generation of Superman, which is Superman 4. And with Nuclear Man. That was the first one I ever saw in theaters. Wow. Well, it was 86. You know, I you know I was finally old enough to go to the theater and see a movie like this one. I was one years old. Uh, Chris Mitchell, you were not alive, correct? I was not alive. Yeah. Yeah. This is seventy-eight. You're eighty, right? I'm eighty. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you uh, did you see any of the the first four Superman? When, when did in you the first see this movie? Me? Oh, um, Either of you? Go on, Chris. Uh, I'm just trying to think if. More than likely when I was seven or eight, probably. So, like, 87, 88, around that sort of time. I didn't see any of them in the, in the theaters, because when Superman 4 came out, I would have been five. So, a bit, bit too young, I would imagine, to go to the cinema. But I, I, I didn't even see Superman Returns in the cinema. First, My first one will be Man of Steel. <laughs> yeah. I saw all of them on... Uh... VHS as a kid so late 80s you know because every kid has a Superman phase every boy at least has a Superman phase of oh I want to watch Superman I want to be Superman I want to see Superman yeah and all four of them were awesome the first time I watched them yeah they were all great because I thought he was actually flying I didn't know visual effects or anything like that yeah I mean this is a this is a pretty I mean even today you know the the effects don't don't hold up necessarily as well. Uh, there's a few that do, which still surprises me. But uh, you know, it's really just kind of remarkable putting this in perspective that they were able to pull off the flying, even remotely convincing. You yeah. know, prior to this, the the entirety of Superman flying was you know stuff like uh, on the TV show, where it's just him on basically a board. Or the occasional, I think they did a wire for a little bit on the TV show, or like bouncing on a trampoline. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, you bought it because, hey, what else, what else are you going to do? That's, that's that's all you got. But, you know, when you get here and, they, you know, the, the that early ad campaign being built around you'll believe a man can fly. And, you know, the first time you see him fly, it is a practical effect. It's not an optical effect. It's, you know, all in camera. It's all on wires, but really well done. And it like, wow. I do just flew. Yeah. We kind of take it for granted nowadays. Yeah, and now it's easy to make that work. I, I'm, I was actually looking at the trailer for Man of Steel, just kind of like, it's just so effortless and looks like, you know, that's probably what a dude would look like if he was flying. Right. And uh, and it's just so easy. 
you know, the only thing I hope is in Man of Steel from Returns is that moment where the bullet hits his eyeball. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was the only cool action-y moment of that whole entire movie. Well, the plane was cool. Everybody goes back to the plane, but I don't really care about the plane. No, I, I prefer the, the minigun to the plane. That that whole scene when he, when he comes up in the elevator, that's, that is a, the standout scene for me from that movie. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with that, because as we record, we're recording on June 2nd. So it's 11 days before we see this movie? Because yeah. we're going to a midnight show. Oh, I'm not. Why not? I'm not going to be in town. Why aren't you going to be in town? I'm going to be out of town that week. Or that how, are you, how are you going to be out of town? I, I'm out of, I'm, I've got a vacation. Why didn't you tell me this? I swear I did. Other people know. No, you never told me. Oh, sorry. Well, you're finding out now. Yeah, I'm finding out now. I don't know who we're gonna record the geek fight for that week. Oh, okay. you guys, you guys are just. Oh, well, I, I'll be back, uh, Monday. Oh, I, I hope I have it off. I'm gone. <laughs> Friday, Saturday, leaving Thursday night. Friday, Saturday, Saturday. I'll be back Monday. So I'm, you know, I'm going to a midnight show with maybe just Josh. Yeah, I'm not gonna be able to record after this. I'm not gonna see it till Friday. You aren't gonna see it till Friday. Well, yeah, well, that's when it comes out. Anyway. Right, but I mean, I'm not going to be able to go to see a midnight show. Unless it does, it, uh, there is a, every possibility it does uh, what I think it's going to do. What Star, what, what, no, not Sneak, what Star Trek did. Which oh, is Sneak. Because all day, all day Thursday. Like, no, the, midnight show's on Wednesday night. Like, oh, okay. And you can go see it at any oh, point dude, in time. Oh, that, totally. Yeah, because that's what they did for Star Trek. Because yeah. I've got Thursday off. So I'll just go and I'm not leaving until Thursday. I'll just come early. Oh. Or I, I, actually, I would just go to a midnight on Wednesday. Well, and then I'd be super mad at you. No, you do not do that. Well, when would you go? Uh, I would go Thursday. Well, we'll have this conversation where we're not actually recording a commentary about Super No. No, we're talking about Superman while we're, we're watching Superman. Well, is running. Jarrell is running. And, and Krypton is exploding. Big yeah, crystal spikes. Crystal things and, and baby flying away in his star. That's a too close to the sun. What I like about uh, this particular version, this is the extended version, is uh, I don't know if we've seen it yet or if we'll see it shortly. Is the ship flies by the Phantom Zone criminals and sort of alters their trajectory, but much oh. slower. So that explains like why all of a sudden did the Phantom Zone guys show up at the same planet? So actually, they did explain that it sort of pulled the Phantom Zone villains along, but they're just traveling much slower. That's kind of cool. Yeah. There's a lot of neat stuff in this extended cut, but I still prefer the other one because it's the one shorter. you saw. Yeah, well, yeah, it's the one I saw. Uh, it's tight. Um, although this, there's still this is one of those movies where there's still even a longer cut. Yeah. Um, where they uh, where they have uh, Lex and, and Otis and feed the babies, and Lex apparently keeps live wild animals down there, and he feeds them. Like uh, just like a side of beef, and then the, at the very end of the movie, uh, 
he starts to feed Biz Tashmacher to them. Nice. <laughs> and they left that out of the director's cut. I wonder why. Well, probably because this is already two and a half hours long, and that would have probably made it a three-hour long movie. But when the movie, when this was shown for the first time on uh, television, they split it into two parts over two nights. Yeah, see right there, they pulled the Phantom Zone. They're going, stop, stop. Yeah. The Phantom Zone villains. There's a lot of time in this movie. Like, the, the whole opening sequence is basically just flying through space. And now the travel to Earth is flying through space. And then the Fortress of Solitude is flying through space. There's a lot of just like these weird semi-psychedelic space effects in this movie. You know what, I, what I've noticed as of late with people and making comic book movies? And what, what happened after this movie from the through the 80s and the 90s. And this movie doesn't do it and the other Superman movie 2 doesn't really do it. But people see comic books as fantasy when they're science fiction fantasy almost all the big guns there's some science in there with fantasy and what they used to do in movies was play up the fantasy way too much and dumb down the science fiction now the turn that they've taken is they've been bumping up the science fiction yeah, part definitely. and dumbing down the fantasy and it seems to be working because yeah even thor which is a mythological character is is treated in a a pseudo sci-fi manner Right. And it's like, oh, that was the key to comic book movies. This is why we like comic books in general. It's because they're science fiction with a little bit of fantasy, with a dash of fantasy, not necessarily fantasy with a dash of science fiction. Or it's there, there's, there's various different genres. Because if you look, they don't treat Batman as a sci-fi character. They, they treat the Batman movies as like crime movies. Well, so it's I, even, comic book movie or the superhero thing varies from character to character. Superman's yeah. very sci-fi, Batman is a detective comic, so you make a movie that is more like that. So yeah, it's that understanding that this isn't all just fantasy. These that In superheroes, there actually are different genres. Right. But I, I will say that there is plenty of science fiction in, in Batman. The newest Batmans. The Nolan there's, Batmans? The Nolan Batmans. There are sci There's There's technology. There's elements. But it's not a really a sci-fi movie. No. They're more detective or noir or thriller type things. Mine, Pa Kent. Now, it's, what's weird is, have, have Mine, Pa Kent always been ancient people? Or was this something else that the, the movie did that changed the comic? No, they were, they were, they were older originally. Okay. Um. It's not until Smallville that they've... Oh, wait, let's de-age these fools. Well, it, I mean, it, it gets complicated if you really wanted to, to talk about it. They de-age them in the Silver Age for a while and then Super re-age them. <laughs> and uh, they were younger in uh, Burns' comic. when they, Like, they weren't... They were younger when they found him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's something that really has always been around, that they were kind of older when they found him, for no real reason that I can yeah. think of. Uh, well, the only reason I can is because of the names Ma and Pa Kent, because because they're from the '30s. Right, but they were older in the '30s. <laughs> well, but no, what what I mean is, by by now, by hell, by the '50s and the '60s, you would be calling them Mom and Dad. They're they're, they're the, the Ma and Pa. Just saying, Ma and Pa is a. 1930s 
southern type thing or midwestern type thing. Most people don't use that language anymore. So by saddling them with those names, I think they always make them older to make it fit. I don't think at least that's that's what my thinking is because my 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 parents who were born in the 50s called their parents mom and dad. They've never yeah. called their parents and and my dad was born in St. Louis, Missouri, which is what 15 minutes away from Kansas. Well, one of the things about this movie and and, and it's hard to say whether it was like that cuz again, like like I said in the Silver Age they they de-aged them and aged them back again. Like in the Superboy comic, they're more like um, the ages they are in Smallville. Okay. But there was a situation where they were actually older, and then they got de-aged by some alien serum for something, and nice. then aged back up again. Because remember, up until John Byrne, um, Pa Kent was was basically if Pa Kent, uh, Clark was eighteen. Uh, when Pa Kent died, then Pa Kent dying really way, way, way too young. Yeah. Um, but in, in, you know, classically, Pa Kent is like, you know, seems like he's, he's in his 60s when, when Clark's an adult. So his death becomes kind of more understandable, you know. And then since then, they've changed things. And okay, well, in Smallville, he had a, he, he was here, he hurt himself because he superpowered himself up to stop Clark once. And, I think now Mitzel Plick had something to do with their deaths. So, yeah, with this idea that Pa Kent has to have a heart attack when Clark turns 18, you have to either put him in horrible health for a man who spent his life on a farm. Right. Or, a clean living farm person. Yeah. Or, uh, or he's got to be older. Right. But, and it's weird, though, because it, it him being old, and I think this kind of goes to what you were saying before, is not just Ma and Pa Kent, but... All of this Kansas stuff, even though this really needs to be set in the 50s and they have like some 50s things, it feels much more like 30s Dust Bowl America. Yeah. Which is where, you know, Superman came from. But yeah, I mean, this has got like a, a Grapes of Wrath vibe to it, which when, you know, clearly this has to be set sometime in the 50s or even even early 60s at this point, I would think, because if he's this is. 12 years before 19 yeah this is 12 years before 1978 because he emerges in 78 right so that would make this 1966 this doesn't look like 1966 no no i love i love the uh the football punt oh yeah that's that's a practical effect as well that's i always great. i always expected the football to hit the train yeah it's the way it's the way it's shot yeah and you cut to the train you expected to hit off the window or something like that that's actually Lois Lane right there. Both the character of Lois Lane and uh, Noel Neal, the uh, TV show Lois Lane. Oh, yeah. Which then people point out, well, if Lois is that much younger than Clark here, why does she seem, you know, as old, if not older, uh, later in Metropolis? Uh, well, um... All the smoke. Uh, let, let, no, no, no. Let's let's figure this out. Uh, Clark, once he once he gets out of puberty, it stops his aging. How about that? All right. Cause she's probably ten or eleven there. So, and he was probably fifteen or sixteen. Of course, Margot Kidder. Yeah, Margot Kidder looks significantly older than him. 
<laughs> it, that, that goes back to the clean living. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, Mar- Margot, Margot Kidder managed to, managed to age 20 years in four movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Margot Kidder. She's so not. Actually, in this movie, she looks fine. She, yeah, she does. She does actually look okay in this movie. It's after this movie that they think the cocaine habit started. <laughs> she could have sold before it was, it, was, it was medication, not cocaine. Oh, okay. Was it really? I mean, I don't, I don't know. It, she, no, no, she, she's self-medicated. Oh, that okay. was her plan. That, that, that's why she uh, had um, a bipolar disorder or something like that. But her her plan to uh, conquer it was by snorting loads of cocaine. Oh, okay, that's how to get well. See, this is why people with a uh, personality disorder shouldn't diagnose themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Neither one of you is a doctor. That's why they shouldn't self-medicate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love, all I, I, yeah, okay. it all, it all, sorry, it looks fabulous. It's great location shooting. Of course, this is Canada because they yeah. America didn't look like this in the 1920s. Well, it, it could have been, it could have been, it could have been outside Pinewood, so it could have looked, right. looked a lot different. Although, this was all shot in Canada, all of the, uh, uh, it, the you know, stuff and the it, show, actually. It could have been. It could have been shot in America still. There, there's still big patches of wide open country in this country. Yeah. So, but uh, this was because this was actually filmed, I think, outside Alberta. So, you don't find as much of that outside a fairly decent sized city. No, no, that I will agree with you. Uh, and that's the thing is, then it becomes easier. The cast and crew can just actually stay in a real city and drive out for the day to shoot and go back. Plus, there's always the there's always some Canadian tax credit somewhere. Yeah, because Canada was smart about it. Yeah, the only place they shoot in the U.S. in this movie is they do shoot a significant part of the uh, ex- the, new, the Metropolis exteriors in uh, New York City. Although I think they don't shoot in New York for the other movies. No, uh, in Superman 4, it's all shot in Milton Keynes, which is a small town in in England which doesn't look anything like New York I had no idea oh oh is he having that heart attack yeah you you would think that Clark could hear it and then the oh no yeah that's just that was a great death heart, it's heart wrenching that death scene is it is it fair to say it's the best Park End death scene on film yeah yeah, I, uh, I, I, I didn't, I didn't really care that much for uh, uh, Smallville's pocket death. Well, it's more because you wanted him to stay alive and wanted to die at that point. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. Why couldn't Lana just be dead? It'd be fine. Yeah, that 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 was when Smallville jumped the shark for me. It jumped back for a little while. Yeah, and it jumped again. One of the things I think is, and I, I just learned this about uh, about this listening to uh, the commentaries, is uh, if you look like, I guess, off on the hill, you see uh, this church. Um, and uh, and I guess when they got there, he was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you actually got, yeah, that church. That church like five feet tall. What? And it's not <laughs> it's very for, far back. It's a forced perspective show. Yeah. 
See, I'd never have guessed. Me either. And then, like, they were talking about it. It was like, yeah, that, that's the tiniest church in, in all of... So if somebody walked up, they would be, like, the, the height of that church. They just shot it. They were... Because they... It's a, a close-by hill, and they just put a tiny church on top of it to give it some, some scope. I was like, wow, that's brilliant. These guys knew how to make a fucking movie. Wait a minute. They're supposed to be in Kansas. Yes. I just realized that. What are these rolling hills in Kansas? <laughs> yeah, Kansas is flat, isn't it? Kansas is flat as shit. Kansas, there's a reason why it's the breadbasket of America, uh, it's or of the world. It's because it's nothing but flat, fertile land. Uh, hills are not good for planting crops. Yeah. So apparently, on uh, DC Earth, Superman Earth, there are lots of rolling hills in Kansas. Apparently, uh, 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 tons of them. Yeah, because these aren't mountains. They're rolling hills, but yeah. rolling hills in Kansas don't go hand in hand. I think uh, Man of Steel shot in Illinois, didn't they? Did they? I thought so. Yeah, that'll work. I thought uh, some of the rural... Also, and that's the thing, is this movie is, is very deliberately trying to look like a very, very distant, long-ago America. Yeah. Whereas you can find lots of places that look like Kansas in the 1980s, 1990s, like 20 years ago. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, with, with this, I mean, just the fact that, you know, most of this country is crisscrossed by telephone or electrical wires now. Yeah. That is a problem. For now. In another uh, couple of years, it won't be, though. We'll have that superpower thing. Oh, I thought you meant because the apocalypse will come. No. Wipe us all away. Although I saw another movie that had uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi in it. New Obi-Wan Kenobi, yeah. not Obi-Wan Kenobi. It was about people losing their senses. It was a disease. I was like, that's a really fun, uh, interesting concept. Yeah. Because you get really upset, and then you lose your sense of smell. And you get really upset, and you lose your sense of taste. And, and it... it, it takes a couple years but it, it affects every human on the planet and eventually by the end uh you have nothing left but your sense of touch you still have your sense of touch and you go blind and that's where the movie ends you, you can't hear you can't smell you can't taste Ooh, that thing looks so cool i wanted that so badly you have no idea how much i wanted some of these crystals i think the whole crystal thing of the 1990s was all because of Superman the movie. You know, this actual prop, and that's just connected to a wire, connected to a battery, right? Right. That actual prop sold at auction. And I remember when this went up. Uh, and it, it was like just a couple of grand. Oh, man. And it was like, oh, my God, if that went up nowadays. Because it, it was, you know, probably 20 years ago when it went up. That went up nowadays. Just it's a totally, totally different world in terms of. Uh, movie prop memorabilia but i remember yeah. it's kind of like oh my god like that that's actually a reasonable price so yeah a couple grand for that yeah the actual screen news prop oh commercial yes superman eats cheerios yep. <laughs> start your day the superman way cheerios <laughs> you know there was nothing more quintessentially american than cheerios in 1978 <clears throat> Wow, Cheerios and a sunset. There must be a sunrise for Cheerios. 
Oh, yeah. I always loved this scene. I thought the, the music and the photography in this scene was fantastic. It's gorgeous. I mean, this is a, a Norman Rockwell painting brought to life. Which is what they wanted Superman to be. And yeah. this, which is what Superman kind of was at the time. That the, Those American values that he had. Yeah, that's one of the things that, that always always got me. And I, I know I've been at... Uh, I was at some... Uh, one of those book clubs in, at Detroit Comics in Ferndale. Okay. Um, and, you know, some of the clientele there is cooler than me. And, yeah. uh, and so they were talking about All-Star Superman, and there were a lot of people there who just who really hated it because they hate Superman, and they do the, he's boring, and he's perfect, so I can't identify with him. Uh, I'm, I'm not a perfect person, so I, I can't like Superman. And uh, and then how many of them were talking about how much more they liked Batman? And I think it was even during Kingdom, the Kingdom Come discussion, because Batman's the human. It's like, well, Batman is, is the one you could be, where Superman, it's impossible. And, and, you know, Batman's really relatable. And it's like, so a wealthy billionaire socialite is more relatable and more human than a farm boy from Kansas. Like that says something horribly about our society when we, when Don't when that is the care that is who we identify with, yeah. Not this. The, I mean, right now this is, this is everything that, you know, the the kind of iconic America stands for here. I mean, this, and and that's. But that but this is also, right on the cusp, right before the eighties. Yeah, the eighties changed what America thought the way america thought well but even at this time i mean this is post vietnam post watergate and that's kind of what people were like this kind of this was this was reminding us of what it's supposed to be like right and that was that period uh, and i think star wars uh capitalized on it and this capitalized on it where people stopped wanting anti-heroes in the as their their lead characters i mean look you look at at the movies prior to this, you look at the Godfather movies, you look at a lot of the movies through the 60s, your your hero is either a villain or an anti-authority character uh, of yeah. some sort. And here, it's like, no, this is a good guy. This is not, there's no gray area. Superman's a good guy. You know, uh, Luke Skywalker's a good guy. And, and I think that was, that, that kind of yearning is what leads into kind of reagan america which you know with reagan's kind of throwback values which then doesn't really actually throw back and it becomes kind of more twisted yeah way more twisted but and and, and superman gets co-opted by that and everybody starts when you look at the dark knight where you know superman's the republican stooge whereas this superman was the you know the new deal democrat uh roosevelt superman that uh, that he was he was born as well, and, and, and I think that's part of why people who are just slightly younger than you have a hard time identifying with Superman. Oh, sure. Because Superman does get co-opted yeah. <laughs> in, in, in more ways than one. Because didn't Christopher Reeves do stuff with, like, Reagan? Photo ops and Reeve, stuff like that? Reeve was, was very liberal. I, I know he was liberal, but... Um, Didn't the character? Oh, I'm, get... I'm sure. Every, I mean, everybody kind of accepts a, an invitation to the White House, right? But so. the, but this just this was also in the '80s. 
that's when the idea of being a patriot became associated with being a conservative. Yeah. Um, you know, basically the, the idea of being, if, if you're, if you're American, you're a conservative, if you're a liberal, you're un-American. And that's, that's kind of carried through for a very, very long time now. Um, but, uh, certainly at this time and, and still many people like, I don't believe that's true. I, I have to wonder now from a, a foreign perspective, Mr. Mitchell, uh, did, uh, did you guys, did they, did they co-opt him there? As like did Thatcher be like, yeah, Superman's great. Let's use Superman to co-op these children. No, no, no. Um, the only thing I can think of would be, I think I remember him being used in like a, in a PSA type thing. You know, don't do drugs because Superman doesn't do drugs. That'd be the only thing. He was definitely wasn't co-opted politically because we. Uh, our sensibilities wouldn't allow anyone to buy that. Okay. It, yeah, it, just, it just wouldn't happen. It, it wouldn't, matter, wouldn't matter if it was Superman, Batman, uh, Captain Britain, or whoever it was. Our sensibilities, as soon as you start bringing in a comic book character, you become a bit of a joke, to be honest. Yeah, this was the days of Star Wars, goddammit. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, a, a bit of showbiz in our politics probably would, would go amiss, to be honest with you. Probably make things a lot more interesting, but and, no, we're, uh, we're far too dull. One of the things that, uh, that kind of interests me, though, is is how how do you and how do uh, do uh, your, your countrymen see... Do you see Superman as an American hero or as an international hero? Because he's kind of been... They're they're kind of trying to walk the line with it a lot, even to the point where in that last Superman movie they they deliberately drop the and the American way when they do the truth and justice and all the other stuff. Um, See, for people of my age, he's more than likely an American hero because I remember it's truth, justice, and the American way. Whereas younger people might think of him more internationally, but for for me, definitely he's 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 the all American hero. American. Yeah, well, if you if you'd have landed in Devon, the world would have been fucked. <laughs> uh, the Fortress of Solitude, which I still contend is a little rapey. But yeah, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna take you back to my Fortress of Solitude. It's just me, you, some polar bears. Um, yeah, if you if you try to leave, you will freeze to death. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, don't go in there. That's where I keep the bodies. Well, I, I you know, and I, I, everybody kept trying to say he was a race, a rapist. I'm like, no, Superman is not a rapist. No, it's consensual. It is absolutely consensual. The only problem is he can wipe your mind afterwards and eradicate his sperm with his microscopic vision and his uh, heat ray and his uh, heat vision. So it's like it's it's a little rapey. Uh, I mean. I- it might even just be creepy. It's definitely creepy. It may not actually cross the line into rape because, again, there's there's consent involved. You just forgetting afterwards. I think, I think so it means more, he could more, be really horrible at it. Yeah, and, he's more and, of like a, a, a sex pest than, than a rapist. Yeah. So yeah, and so instead of people going, "Oh my God," you know, there's one thing he's really not super at. <laughs> just wipes their memory and. Who is this actor? Jeff East. Did he do anything else? 
yeah, actually, he did pop up in a few other things, I, I believe. And the only reason I know that is because I did like did look him up and, and, and seek that out. Uh, they don't use his voice here. Yeah, ever, I mean, in this whole movie, it's dubbed by Christopher Reeves, so he was kind of pissed about that. Wow. Uh, and uh, he's like a blonde normally. Well, you can definitely tell that his hair is not black. Yeah, so he's kind of, he's probably, because it's a fake nose, too, and I have, I have no idea why. Huh. But, Probably uh, just to make it a, make him a little bit more right. like Christopher Reeve. But. Yeah, but it's kind of like, is that really that important? But uh, then it's like, well, why didn't, why didn't you just hire somebody to look more like him? But uh, yeah, I don't. He hasn't been in much. It's so strange. Because from because this is eighteen year old Clark Kent. Yeah. Why isn't it just Christopher Reeves? Yeah. I think it was. It was a, it was a size thing. They didn't because Christopher Reeve was all bulked up and ready to go. He didn't. I there see. was no way he looked like an eighteen year old. Yeah, maybe they should have just shot the the this stuff first when he was still building up, and just yeah, they were, you know, they were, build her, they were trying to shoot stuff. trying to shoot two movies at the same time, yeah, weren't they? Yeah, probably true. probably had lots of time problems. Okay. Yeah, because you can even see how much he varies uh, in the course of the movie. Yeah, well, you can see. Um, in Superman 2, you can see the stuff that was that was shot by Donner and the, shot, the stuff that yeah. was shot by Lester because he just he's completely different build. So by the time they finished shooting this one, he was buff. Yeah. Well, yeah, they shot for like a full year, which is a long time. It, they don't yeah, do he, that anymore. He was working. They didn't well, do that then either, though. I mean, that, that's two movies. With a lot of post-production, that's like one of the points that he made uh, in, in one of the, the documentaries, uh, or that I guess they made about in some of the documentaries. The last day of, of principal photography, everybody like got together and all the cast and, and you know they said their goodbyes and they're like, and Christopher Reeve still had like a, a couple of months because he there's a lot of shots where it's just him flying. Right. All of that was filmed after principal photography because he's like in front of screen. So then it's like it's another month of like him and technicians. And Hackman and Brando were wrapped up nine months ago. Oh, yeah. They only had them for a couple of weeks or something. Yeah. Wow. So Yeah. Christopher Reeve. I mean, he was a trooper on this movie because he's, well, he's in so much of it. The, the, well, he's also... The diamond in the rough. He's an unknown actor. At this oh, time. yeah. So he, so he has to do it. And he's just, I mean, he was a really kind of dedicated actor. You know, that was, that was what, uh, that was one of the things I think that they, they liked about him was he had some of that, some of Superman's earnestness. Yeah. The, the other legacy that this movie left behind, which was the trying to find an unknown actor to play. Yeah. Your lead character in, in in comic book movies. Your lead character is an unknown, and then for the villain and other people around them, you put well-known actors. Right, right. Yeah, that was the that was the the template. Yeah, was, you know, Brando and Hackman get you know get your big names for for the villain or the secondary characters. This is so great. Yeah, yeah. Well, it worked on um, the first Batman movie you get yeah. Nicholson Nicholson's your name and then you cast around him yep yeah and you know in large part they still do that yeah because they they actually because oh they did it in uh Thor yeah 
Because who knew uh, what's his name before that movie came out? Right. And, you know, they've done it uh, essentially with uh, the other two Superman movies. The Superman yeah. Returns and Man of Steel. And, and even, like, I guess, like, we were very familiar with Christian Bale, but um, he wasn't a star and he wasn't, like, a household name. No, he wasn't. No, you'd have to have, you, you would have to have wanted to go and watch one of his movies to have seen him. It was very sort of um, narrow field that he was appealing to in the films that he was in. Right. And the rationale then, and I think now, and I think it is a good rationale, is because you keep seeing the actor instead of seeing the character. And I like that that yeah. happens to me with with Batman is, is I still look at it and it's like I see Jack Nicholson in white makeup. Yeah. yeah. You know, whereas like a Heath Ledger, who I'm far less familiar with, that I can I can eat more easily see as the Joker. So. Uh, well, no, Heath Ledger was just an amazing actor because I'd actually seen everything he'd been in before that movie. <laughs> yeah, he does get he does get lost. Whereas Jack Nicholson does play Jack Nicholson in right. white makeup. Yeah, but that's what you pay him for. You know, at that point, you don't get Jack Nicholson in to be the method actor who's going to come in and blow your socks off with, you know, playing a completely different role. You get him to come and stand in front of the camera and say things like Jack Nicholson does. Well, and that's still during that phase of they were making a bunch of fantasy films that were based on comic books. Yeah. You know, because Batman is a fantasy film. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love this bottle scene. It's yeah. just, it's great. How how do you make Clark look like a complete klutz? Yeah, right there, just like that. And yeah, but is he a klutz or is she just a total bitch? She shook it up and gave it to him. <laughs> yeah, she did. Wrong with you? Yeah, but he carried on opening it. He could have gone, "Whoa, hang on a minute." <laughs> no, well, he, I guess that's that's what makes him the idiot. Here, I shook this up. Open it. Now, that that is something that they brought to this movie because before that, Clark Kent was not. A bumbling idiot. Am I correct? No. Yeah. Not to this extent. If he, it, was, certainly not in other media. Right. Was 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 he after this? Did it take off from here? And was he yeah. bumbling idiot? Yeah. For I think a while. so. Until like yeah. the they, re, they revitalized him with the John Byrne stuff. Yeah, because this was so popular. Yeah, I mean that's that's for me one of the things is is how much more. Uh, super, this movie changed the way a lot of people saw Superman. I mean, it, this became the definitive Superman. So it wasn't yeah. it wasn't so much it matched what was in the comics as that it defined what would be in the comics. Right. Because people were going and buying a Superman comic, they wanted this Superman, right. not the one that not the one that was out three months beforehand. <laughs> not the one that was available. And they, they, <laughs> they were like, oh shit, we gotta change this. And, you know, again, part of it is just this idea that I think some people, a good number of people recognize, wow, this is better. Yeah. You know, this, this, I had read Superman comics before this, but I was not a Superman fan. This movie made me a Superman fan. It did not do that to me. because became what I wanted out of Superman. Because, unfortunately, by the time I started watching these movies, they were already, number one, old. Number two, the visual, yeah, I, I mean, it was old hat. I, you know, I didn't care. I was in a different America than 1978 America when I started watching Superman movies. So oh, yeah. I mean, this so, movie is, is, I think it's absolutely fantastic, but it is very much of its time. Yeah, that, I, and I think that's part of the reason why the Superman Returns doesn't work. Though you released Superman Returns in 1981, visual effects aside, 
Superman Returns in 1981 would have blown the doors off. Well, if, Su- if Superman Returns was Superman 3, yeah, which it really uh, yeah. was, with the effects of Superman 3, which, I mean, Superman 3 actually had some good effects. Um, I think I, I think in many ways the effects of Superman 3 would hold up better than 2. Um, yeah, then that's that, that means the Superman franchise is going to go on. Right. And then I you mean, don't get e- Superman 4. Even now, if you watch it as a if you watch it as a trilogy, you know Superman, the movie Superman Two, and then Superman Returns, it it's it works as a trilogy. If you go to it in the mindset of that's what it is, yeah. Superman Returns holds up fine. It's just it it didn't work like because of when it was released. Yeah, it it doesn't work in two thousand five. No, it doesn't and work even, in that. Even though everyone, you know, the whole spiel before it was, it is the movie that it's supposed to be the movie that comes after Superman Two. You can't do that to an audience before they walk in there. You know, don't right. think about what's happening now. Think about what happened in nineteen eighty-two or whenever Superman Two came out. It's never going to happen. Well, You're twenty years late. Right. Well, it's not just that. Uh, I would say that had Superman Returns come out in 1999 or 2000, it's still probably been okay. I think 9-11 changed America significantly. So, you know, you ran into the problems of the psychology of the country being different. Like, oh, yeah, no, Superman Superman can't be goofy. Superman can't do that. Superman has to be a little bit more hard-edged, a little bit, you know, the, the world had changed. So, because this world is just a rough and tumble New York, like that's about as rough as you get. And that's one of the things that I thought the the the, the question that Superman Returns poses is: uh, Does the world need a Superman, or is there a place in this world for Superman? And I think the answer that it ultimately gave was no, because we needed a different Superman. Right. And I think that's what they're going for in Man of Steel. This is, you could not have done, even like, you know, movies and television actually were, were much, uh, much more kind of serious. And uh, there was much more, I mean, I don't want to use the word social consciousness, but the, there was a, a much different outlook. The news was actually real news at this time. Yeah, um, sitcoms were dealing with with much more uh, complicated stuff. I mean, the the media itself had not basically evolved into something that's distracting us from what's going on, but something that was unfortunately telling us a little too much what was going on. And this movie kind of goes away from that. So I think having a darker, more brooding Superman would have been a total failure at this time because we didn't need dark and brooding. We had enough dark and brooding everywhere. You needed primary color. You, and like one of my favorite lines in the movie, you know, coming up later is when he says, I'm here for, to fight for truth, justice and the American way. And she says, you're going to be fighting every elected, elected official in this country. Yeah. And it's like that's that's the attitude. You know, this this is shortly. Keep in mind, uh, the Vietnam War ended like three years before this. And Watergate uh, was was just before this, too. So, I mean, this is a very, very this is a time that is actually as cynical as things are now in many ways. But uh, but we have yeah. a different uh now I think we're a little bit more. Um, our media is a little bit different. It's less about telling us what's going on and more about distracting us. Well, it's much more splintered. Yeah, because there were really four outlets that you could get news from, which was 
channel one, two, or three, depending on where oh, you were, and the right. newspaper. At, at this time, yeah, the newspaper is, is the news- a big deal. King, yeah. Which I still wonder if they're ever going to change his profession or alter it. Uh, change it, uh, I doubt, but change it from, like, you know, that'll be the question is, I, I don't think people want to see him as a blogger per se, but yeah. the thing is, there are still plenty of newspapers, they're just websites now. Right. You know, so it, it, I think that's all it'll eventually be, is, is him evolving to write for Wait, a website. That's done. He writes for dailyplanet.com. Right. Wait, that, that 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 was that's Richard Donner, right? He's playing the detective there. Uh, here. Yeah, isn't that him back there? No. Who is that guy? Those two guys. Yeah, guy on the right. No, that's Richard Donner. Well, because he's the the captain in uh, the Lethal Weapon movies. Richard Donner is in the movie. I know that, but he's not that guy. Hmm. I was about to say, are they connected? Because that I could swear that that actor right there, not this one, the one that was just walked away, yeah, is the same actor that was the detective in the, uh, mm. is it Captain in the Lethal Weapon movies? Could be. Which now I, I want to look up to see. Wait a minute, are they linked? Are the Superman movies and the Lethal Weapon movies linked? It's the, a Donnerverse. It's the Donnerverse. I'm looking. So would that mean Scrooge is linked as well? That would be awesome. It was weird. I, I, I the World Trade Center was in the background. There. Yeah. It's like that was new. Yeah. That thing didn't last very long. Wow, that was horrible to say. Huh? <laughs> I Thanks guess Osama it's... bin Laden. Uh, Osama what? I said thanks, Osama bin Laden. Oh. You made this movie dated. Yeah, yeah. That's what makes this movie dated. <laughs> Not the way they talk, their outfits, or anything else. Not everything about it. It's uh, the same actor who plays. Okay. The uh, sergeant in uh, *Lethal Weapon*, or well, the captain in *Lethal Weapon*. See, he went from here to uh, California. You went from here, from Metropolis to L.A. Yeah, after seeing his um, his his partner die here. His partner die, yeah. His partner get get <laughs> horribly killed by by the comedy by the comedy duo of um, Otis and Lex. <laughs> and also, like they, the, the scenes played for laughs. That's what gets me. Oh yeah. It's like hey, you got run over by a train. Woohoo! I mean, that's yeah. one of the things I liked about it. This was, this Lex was a little twisted. Yeah, it, it, it just laughs it off. Yeah, the the Lex Luthor of the pre-80s. Because post-80s, Lex Luthor is a businessman. But pre-80s, Lex Luthor is not a businessman. He's just a criminal. A brilliant criminal. But a criminal. Yeah. Which, oh, that's so fucked up. That is so fucked up. And then he goes. But Teshmacher calls him on it. He's like sick. Yeah. This is when uh, Mr. Teshmacher is still hot too. Oh yeah. And then they. I wonder who. Uh, oh, that's right. There's no Lex Luthor in this movie, or is there? The new movie. You know, supposedly, 
there is a Wayne Corp satellite. I hope so. Or a Wayne Industries satellite. I hope there's uh, there's more Wayne stuff, and I really hope there's mentions of Lex Luthor. Oh, the LexCorp building is in Dropolis. Okay, good. It's actually, you can if you freeze frame the trailer, you can see it. That's good. And there's supposedly someone who has been cast as Lex Luthor. For the next movie. Well, no, in this movie. Oh, okay. So, and it, but it's a, it's actually someone who played like a Lex Luthor clone on Smallville. So the question is, because remember, technically, there's a guy who was playing uh, Norman Osborn in the Amazing Spider-Man, but it's not right. Chris Cooper because you don't see him. Right. So there's probably like a bald guy in a scene, looking out a window or something. You see him from behind, and it's Lex, but you're, he's they're not, he's not going to actually appear in the movie. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, because they're going to want to make it a big actor for the next one. Well, yeah. Well, after after what the Batman Begins model is now going to be the new superhero model, which is do do a villain that people kind of know in the first movie, uh, you know, or don't know at all in the first movie, and then you know set up the universe, and in the second movie do the villain that everybody yeah. knows, the big gun villain. Which is yeah, like, because, uh, well, because this that's what Star Trek did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody complains about it and whines about it, but this is the Batman Begins format. You, you, you set up the universe. Yeah, right. you, you get the you get the grounding in reality by having someone that you're not wait. You know, the the villain doesn't steal the show. Right. And then you get the show stealing villain in part two. Right. Oh, that that was one of the problems with. The, the superhero movies, they would have to introduce both the hero and the villain in the same movie. It's like the Fantastic Four thing. So they have to link them somehow. Right. And you, you get more of a disposable villain now. Yeah. So, yeah, now you introduce the hero with a villain that you don't have to really put as much into. And then you give the you make the villain the star of the second movie. Right. And it because, works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's gangbusters. I love it. We'll have to pay. You know, his real estate ploy. That's the only thing I don't like about this movie. Even as a kid, I was like, land? Really? But then Nevada becomes uh, Ocean Beach, beachfront property. Yeah. But well, not Nevada, the uh, Eastern California. Was it Eastern California? Yeah, he's, he bought up the land on the east side of the San Andreas Fault. That's right. Uh, it still does not matter because it's all desert. It is Death Valley, goddammit. Yeah, but once you put it next to the ocean... It's still Death Valley next to an ocean. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got water that you can't drink on a, a surrounded by a desert of no water. It's great. Yeah, but you can bring in the water from elsewhere. That's what they do now. I know. I know. That... Yeah, but he could, he could be doing that anyway. They don't. They don't really bring the water in from elsewhere to Death Valley. They just don't bring water in. It goes through Death Valley. It doesn't stay there. Right, but but Los Angeles's water is is, the, is brought in from elsewhere. Yeah, it's from the Hoover Dam. I know. I know where it comes from. So that's you just you just bring it to wherever the new California coastline is. I'm 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 just saying that he's got a a really long term plan in place because like 150 years later, yeah. That that property would be amazing because the, you know the earth would change and the, because of all the rain that the desert would get, it would change too, and slowly but surely. He doesn't seem to take into account the fact that he he's still selling property on a fault line. 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's that's just proven that it's well, not, not just that a, a property in a fall and that's just been hit with a nuclear weapon. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to sell very well. Also, the don't you think that's going to make him uh, suspect number one? Yeah. The man who just <laughs> bought all of this land. Yeah. He get by it. He's a he's a criminal genius. He'd find a way around it. He'd not notice. Uh, if we want to do a nitpicker commentary in this movie, we will tear it to shreds. It does not <laughs> I, make I, any I, sense. Okay, we'll, we'll stop. We'll stop nitpicking it, Mike. I, I oh, think we can. There's, there's there's things that you can pull out uh, for nitpicks. I'm sure. Oh, oh, there's a lot. <laughs> this is so strange that he feels the need to do it at all times. Well, I suppose it, it's the same as uh, the Christian Bale Batman voice. When, yeah. when you've got the co- when you've got the costume on, you're in yep. in character. You know. Yeah. And the costume is Clark Kent in this I su- universe. I suppose when he, if he was not to stay in character all the time, that's when he's going to get found out. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's that's right. The switch happens after this, doesn't it? Where oh. where. Where where it goes from being you know the man is Superman and then his you know secret identity is Clark Kent and or did it happen? No, well, it's I mean, it just still kind of goes back and forth. But yeah, it's very much the the real the the character of Superman is much closer to the real person, and Clark is the bumbling fool that's to distract you. Right. Whereas after this, they make Clark you know, much more real so that he can actually have a life and an existence outside of Superman. Because there's no way Lois ever falls for this Clark Kent. No. But once he becomes a real person, Clark becomes the kid who grew up in Smallville, and then he may he might kind of exaggerate a little bit or stand differently, but uh, but he's not it's not quite as cartoonish as it is here. Yeah, it's... I can't get lift off. Go back down then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they did say set it down. Yeah. yeah. This is actually, uh, you know, they, this is one of the, the those iconic scenes. And, and also is another one that, like, now in the, uh, at least in the more recent Superman Secret Origin, it's like, oh, you see, there's a helicopter. You know, there's just all these homages. Which, of course, that's not in continuity. Yeah. No such thing as continuity anymore. Why is she trying to wake him up? Clearly it's not going to fly, but... The, the help, help. This is... This is it. This is the moment where he reveals himself to Metropolis, which is... Still great. Yeah. Like, here he comes. It, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, these people are going to b- die. And I don't know why those people were standing underneath a helicopter hanging off a building yeah. pointing up. Well, once it starts to fall, you got a couple of seconds to run away. <laughs> well, uh, well, after after Superman appears to, in this universe, makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah. Because you know Superman's going to come and save them, or at least save you. Worst case scenario, if he's not in time. No, I got to admit the uh, the fire truck and the ambulance got there pretty quick. Well, it's downtown at like 
downtown New York. Yeah, but you think traffic would be a bitch. It's nighttime. Because uh, I remember the one day as an adult I spent in Manhattan, how quickly you could actually get around Manhattan, you know, after 6 or 7 o'clock at night. It's like, oh, on a weekday. It's not that big a deal. And then, now, was the phone booth a thing that he did in the comic books? Yeah, yeah. Prior to this, he would change in a phone booth. Okay. And then... By this point, those type of phone booths were fairly gone, at least certainly from New York. But I always even, because the phone booths that I I remember, they're all glass. That's not really any different than yeah. changing the public or ripping your shirt open as you run across the street. And then the Excuse me. going through there really fast. And the one black man of Metropolis. <laughs> Who's a pimp? Woo! Who said that? What, that's a bad outfit? That's a bad outfit, but who... No, I mean, who was the one that pointed out that he's the only black guy in all of Oh, I don't know. But that's, uh... I remember that. That is that is funny. The only black guy in Metropolis, and he's a pimp. But he likes the outfit. Yeah. That's a bad outfit, man. But I think he meant that in the, the actual correct terminology. That's a bad outfit. I mean, look at him. He looks goofy as shit. You're, you're People like think I look Now, this, this is my favorite part, is how nonchalant he is about it. It's like, oh, no, yeah. here, it's falling. It's not that big a deal. I'm going to, I'll have, I got you. You know, I got this. The, the, I, I, as much as, as Margot Kidder's maybe not the ideal person for the role, she does play the, the coy Lois Lane really well. Like, when, when he, he just looked at her, and she just turns her head away, like, yeah. Like a shy schoolgirl. Like a kid out of school. And she really did, you know, kind of define that somewhat irritating but very go-getter-ish Lois Lane. Like this, you know, looking at Christopher Reeve here, just like, here he's Superman. Yeah. This is just just perfect, like right out of a comic book. See, I, I kind of wonder. Huh, you know, it's one of those things where it, these things that I know that they've changed for the new movie, I, w I wonder how it's going to play. Because in this one, everybody's cheering because he just saved those people in the out. You know, right. wow, that's so awesome when yeah. he flies away. When he does that, that bank and roll over, like, holy shit. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they're all cheering because he just, you know, grabbed a woman out of midair and grabbed the elevator, or the elevator, the helicopter. Which is really cool. It's like, oh, that's awesome. Until you really think about it, a man just flew up there and did that. Now, I don't know how, like, I think I would cheer because, you know, I'm a comic book fan. I like comic books and I, I think superheroes are cool. And if superheroes could actually exist, and I don't mean the goofy guys who run around in costumes and get their asses beat a lot. I'm talking about actual people with superpowers. If they did exist... That would be cool for a second, but I think I'd be a little disconcerted by the fact that there's somebody that powerful out there. Yeah, well, I mean, that's I, kind of the bringing the reality into it. Yeah. Thing. One thing I've always wondered is, is there, is there superhero comics in this superhero, in this Superman universe? I was, is, is there a kid on the street corner who, who can identify with what Superman's doing because he's read it in a comic book? I want there to be. Hi there. Nothing wrong with the elevator? That's so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. 
practical effect, but still cool. Yeah. It's just from the uh, Batman, Adam West Batman. Right. You just turn the building on its side. Yeah, turn the building on its side. <clears throat> do good camera setups. Set yeah. it up well. You can get away with this sort of stuff. And I like with this, they actually have the guy kind of hanging. Officer? Yeah. yeah. You know, he, he's flipped, too. Uh, good evening, Officer. Officer? Mooney. Oh, they say confession's good for the soul. And he doesn't look that big. Yeah, here he doesn't seem that big at all. Wow. It's so weird that he does that, though. Once the helicopter, once he is known to, to Metropolis, he's like, okay, I'm known. I, I This is my night of reveal, so I'm going to stop some crime in this mofo. Yep. And he does. I think it's, it's the, the, the Blitzkrieg effect, isn't it? If I go out there and stop every crime that goes on tonight in this town, there'll be half as much crime tomorrow night. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I like how they, they eventually do adopt that in, uh, in the comics, where a super Metropolis prior to Superman is, is you know, I guess like New York, but it's, it's crime-ridden, and in some versions even just, like, terrible. Yeah. Um, but then Superman's presence basically just... Uh, puts an end to to crime and metropolis becomes kind of this utopia except for some people who think they can get away with it because maybe superman will be distracted and then super villains well that was the only thing i liked about uh what was it superman the, the most recent animated superman thing uh the one with brainiac what's it called again unbound unbound, unbound which i'm going to say again i did not like it at all but the, i like how it starts which is these guys are planning to do a heist and stuff, and what they do is they they wait until some kind of event happens on Earth, like a volcano's erupting or an earthquake happens, something that you can't predict, and Superman has to go there, right? Yeah, it's a smart idea. And when the, he's gone, they go to, to fucking rob the place. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's brilliant. That's That's what you do. You wait for Superman to be out of town, and when he's gone, you do your crime. Right, but you've only got till that volcano is stopped. Right. You don't have long. Like, and, then, and then you've got to get far away. Right. It's brilliant. Except for... It's Superman. Except for now there are other people in Metropolis. Right. Like, oops. But yeah. Yeah, well, that, that's what happened. Supergirl came up and started moving yep. butts. Yeah, I did see the beginning of it. The beginning of it's really good. It just starts to suck after that. Yeah, I think I made it up. I mean, it's not. I didn't stop because I didn't want to watch it. I stopped because I uh, just only had a little bit of time. I actually think I started watching it on the. No, because I, I didn't get it until after C two E two. But I, I watched about the, just the beginning of it, and I stopped it just because I wanted. I'll finish it another time. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I think I made it made it up to when Supergirl starts talking about Brainiac. Yeah. I remember they were saying that they had a hell of a time uh, getting that cat out of a tree? <laughs> yeah. It's a cat. That's a beautiful shot. Yeah. Well, whenever he's taking off and stuff, I mean, some of the some of the shots where he's actually flying and you can you can kind of pick the blue screen apart if you really want to, but if you go with it, you go with it. But whenever he lifts off from the ground, it's flawless. Yeah, the yeah. wire Absolutely work is great. Flawless. Well, and see, the thing is... When I was a kid, I didn't know about wire work. I hadn't actually been watching any kind of uh, Asian cinema, which 
is where they perfected Wirework because yeah. they've been doing it forever there. But I didn't watch any of it. You know, I didn't watch martial arts films. I didn't watch that stuff, so I wasn't concerned about it. And so when I saw it, I didn't know how they did it. I was like, oh, it must all be blue screen or green screen or something when I got a little bit older. But then I started watching Japanese films, and they jump all over the place. I'm like, oh, it's Wirework, and it's amazing. Hey, you're saving Air Force One. Why is Air Force One flying over Metropolis? Oh, it's flying to Metropolis. Actually, that's oh. who Lois was going was going to try and get an interview with the president. I see. We're going to try. You either have a, a wow, what a different world we yeah. live in. Back at this time, <laughs> you, you <laughs> just try and get an interview with the president. Right. There's no. I suppose. I suppose if you want Lois Lane Pulitzer Prize winners, you've probably got a better chance than than I have. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of a, a reporter thing would be trying to get this. This would be a great interview. Yeah. If you if you tried to sneak in to see the president, you are not going to be necessarily gunned down by the Secret Service immediately. <laughs> no. Oh no. I, I'm not even talking about sneaking in to see the president. It's not even that. It's the nowadays because everything that political figures do they 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 monitor their words they monitor what gets out there you have to be vetted as a reporter before you can even ask the question oh, yeah whether yeah, or not yeah they you a certain group of people are invited right you, you have you have vetted people from each news outlet don't you right they're allowed to actually be in the same room as any member of parliament or member of senate or the congress or whoever it might be or the president and those are the only people that are allowed to do it Right. This time, reporters were actually real. Right. They actually <laughs> went and got got scoops and interviews and research, and they didn't... Yeah, uh, not, not, not sat with a dictaphone and then wrote down whatever was right. spilled out at the press conference or whatever. If, if the president says something, they go, wait a second. <laughs> you, you don't buy that. Well, because they felt they had a responsibility. Well, they do. They've just shirked it. <laughs> well, See, is... is it, Jarrell's head is supposed to be a kind of artificial intelligence, I take it, of a Brainiac's sort of variety. Well, it, it's weird because on one, in one hand, they kind of play it like it's a recording and yeah. he's just anticipated, you know, all the questions. But it seems very interactive. Yeah. Well, he just said that you, you can't protect the Earth 28 hours a day. Oh, yeah. And he said 24, and then disembodied Brando head said 24. So it is it has some sort of interaction. Yeah. By the way, this disembodied Brando head was the name of a band that I was going to start a few years ago. <laughs> I want to be in that band. Uh, everyone wants to be in disembodied Brando head. The only problem, the only problem was if you if you ever got to the point where you might make some money out of it, Brando's um, estate would be after you like like you wouldn't believe. Does Brando have, have blue a, eyes? You just have to be a different uh, Brando. No, we're Bob Brando. <laughs> I don't think Brando did have blue eyes. But those so. those were contacts then. Yeah. He probably, I mean, he, he would do certain, at this point in his career, he would do, go so far to try and sell a role, especially when you're getting paid however much he got paid for a week's worth, worth of work. That also could have been tinted because uh, that was restored for this cut. That was not in the original cut. Okay. So that might have been part of the director's cut restoration, is uh, just tinting the eyes. Because I, I don't believe that effect was ever actually finished. Look at those giant TVs. 
Wow. <laughs> uh, just just to think, you know, that that's a television that is being, you know, through wires and cables and stuff like that, or aerials, it's being beamed, and yeah. we're watching the we're watching the same feed from Mike's PC, <laughs> digi digital remastered copy of it. It's just you know, that was it's crazy. Right there. Yeah. Oh yeah, this Very, wouldn't even have been cable. Yeah. These were these were antennas picking up broad antennas. transmissions yeah. through the air. You're in England. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm halfway across the world watching the same, the, exactly the same thing that's on Mike's PC. That's crazy. A little. And uh, good old Hackman didn't want to shave his head for this role. Yeah. He did not shave his head for this role. He, he has a, a history of not shaving things. Yeah, he didn't want to shave the mustache. No. Wow. But I like I like their compromise. Yeah, lots of wigs lying around. He does actually his hair does change, doesn't it, throughout the Yeah. Yeah. I, the I never it's... noticed that when I saw it when I was a kid. You didn't notice that? No. Well I I was just under the impression that they were just saying Lex Luthor is not bald until that end scene where he pulls the wig off. No. So I didn't pay attention to any of that. Well see, uh, but this is also I come from when I was this movie came out when I was one, so well, actually less than one. Uh, so by the time I actually was aware of Superman, you know, was the same age as you, I had an idea of exactly what what Superman was, what Lex Luthor was. So when I the second I saw those wigs, I'm like, oh, he must be wearing a wig. I didn't think that you know the ball like because my whole time watching, I'm like, why isn't he bald? He should be bald. But See, it's... I just assumed because they never before the movie came out, the only photos you saw were Gene Hackman with hair, because Valerie Perrine's hair changes too. So I just assumed it was her wigs, ah, because uh, she's wearing a wig in that scene too, the curly red wig. Um, so yeah, it was just this sort of like, oh, they're just not going to make him bald because you know he doesn't want to shave his head, right? Or they're changing it because yeah, again, we Lex Luthor didn't live in an underground lair at this time, I believe. Lex was wearing the purple jumpsuit. So, so yeah, you remember he had the purple and green yeah, superhero costume. So yeah, they changed a lot. There was there's no Superboy in this movie. Where Superboy was a significant part of Superman's uh, story from like 1946. So they changed a lot. I think I just assumed that they changed that too. And then that little nod at the end is kind of nice. No. I got to, and, you know, this this kind of is that that going back to that. They always seem to get Perry Perry White. I really like this Perry White. Well, it, it's because Perry White is not hard to get. You know, you would think that other ones wouldn't be that hard to get. They still don't get it. Yeah, it, 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 but Perry White is a very he's a very simple archetype. The classic he's, newspaper guy. Yeah. Or the or the captain in Lethal Weapon. You know, it's the same. It's the same. The, the boss character, right? Chopping on cigars. You do. You do this. Yeah, you do this, or it's your your ass is on the line. Go out there and get it for us. Well, that's why. Uh, what's his name? As J. Jonah Jameson was good too. It's very a very similar character. I can't see through lead. My favorite color is pink. Sorry. This is so weird. Lois's enormous penthouse apartment on a reporter's salary? Good evening, Miss Lane. No, because she's clearly taking kickbacks. <laughs> Hi. 
sorry, did you have plans this evening? Yeah, you know, in this movie, she does not seem that much older than him. They seem around the same age. It is just the other movies. It's when, yeah. it's when she hits the age wall. Um, and he still looks like a thirty-year-old. Well, he's actually he's actually twenty-four or twenty-eight or something like that in this movie. He is really young. Yeah, yeah. I remember he was younger in this than uh, Tom Welling was when he started Smallville. Really? Yeah, I think he's twenty-four and Tom Welling was like twenty-six. No shit. But still, it's it, it is just the way that that seems to work. Yeah. And uh, first X-ray vision. X-ray vision. And and uh, what, what? Oh, it was I was watching uh, the Arrested Development, and how some of the women had aged significantly, yeah. and I was like, wow, they aged a lot, and the men seemed to stay the same. It's like no, it's because men. When you hit a certain age, you look the same for a good, like, 30 years, except for you get a little bit more gray or you get fatter. Like, we, we don't have the as much of a downfall because, you know, we're not going for much either. <laughs> we, we start off pretty bad, too, so it's not, like, yeah, you got a little worse, but not that much worse. Yeah, when you start out average, going down to less than average is not that much of a fall. Right. Oh, Lois. Yeah, oh, see, their, their ability to fake it gets worse. Right. To cover up gets worse. Oh, two, two twenty-five. And then she asks him if he fucks. Which leads us to... Well, she already asked him how big he is. Sorry, big Lois is horrible. There's um on the on the documentary things I was I watched them earlier today. There's one saying that the the Sulkins wanted him to either have a huge member or no yeah. member at all. So he he had he had giant steel cod pieces <laughs> in certain seats. And... Well, you a lot of people talk about with the new costume uh, by taking away the um, the red underwear and then they have these just kind of designs. And the designs all kind of like point to his crotch. And it's like, yeah, he's actually got a huge dick in the new movie. Well, yeah. Because, well, but Zack Snyder likes the big blue dong. <clears throat> oh, that's right. He did have big blue dong. So you got to add big blue dong to Superman. Superman has to have the biggest blue dong. He has to have the biggest blue dong. He's Superman. Right. I don't know, Dr. Manhattan can adjust, you know, his, his molecular structure. I'm sure that if it was a, a big blue dong contest, he'd give him a run for his money. Well, he couldn't because he can't change his own destiny. So unless Oh, that's, that's true. Yes, yes. He's got, a a fixed, uh, he's got a fixed penis in time. Yeah. <laughs> a fixed penis in time. He gives away... Uh, this is one of the, my problems with Superman in this article. He gives away like, oh, I can't see through lead. Right. Does, oh. does she? And she prints it. Right. Yeah. Like I, some of the other stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. Let me give away one of my weaknesses. Right. If I knew about kryptonite, I'd tell you about that too. <laughs> exactly. There's a green rock in Addis Ababa that'll kill me. Right. <laughs> Let me tell a reporter who is writing an article about me. Why are you? I'm sorry. I mean, 
Uh, he tells the truth. Yeah. Truth is the first part of truth, justice, and the American way. Well, it's truth. Right there. fighting every elected official in this country. sure you don't really need Yeah. I don't believe this. And your favorite line. Now, when he says, I never lie, I buy it. Well, yeah, Superman never lies. No, but, yeah, the, the way that he delivers the line, it's not um, sarcastic, it's it's honest. It, yeah. he's, he's, he's not lying when he says, I never lie. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things of how, and, and you know, there's there's been endless praise heaped on, heaped on Christopher Reeve over this movie. But, you know, it is so easy to see how that could be corny. And it it still kind of is, but somehow it's still because like he believes it, it, it makes it work. Yeah, it's the, very it, few there's, people there's, can do that. There is an honesty in the performance, which is unusual in a, in a superhero movie. You know, I mean, how yeah. how does he how does he get into the method of being Superman? You know, it's not like he can he can spend a month as Superman before he starts the role. Right. He the just only has other to come... time I've seen that is was um. What's his name in Captain America? Peter Pan. Chris Evans. Chris yeah. Evans. Yeah. 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 He, he, he is Captain America. How can you be the the big Boy Scout without basically being kind of silly or a wussy? Yeah, that, that's how to do it. Yeah. At this point in time, I'd like to remind everyone to go back and download uh, Chris Reed's <laughs> Superman, Episode 1, for the greatest rendition of Can You Read My Mind that you'll ever hear. Yep. Uh, you can see it on YouTube also. You can. You can. Go to the Geek Fights uh, YouTube channel. Yeah. Where you can see these wonderful images and listen to the greatest reading of Can You Read My Mind ever. Second greatest. I mean second greatest. Well, Margot Kidder. No, Margot Margo Kidder delivery's got nothing on mine. If we send that to Warner Brothers in future versions of the Blu-ray, they're going to put Chris on. Do you think? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <sighs> Wait! They're in New York now? Or is the Statue of Liberty in Metropolis? It's in Metropolis. It is? The World Trade so Center is in Metropolis. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. You even notice that. Yeah, there's... There's the World Trade Center back in the background. Well, they are. There is no New York in That's this right. universe. Not yet. That is the weird thing about the DC universe. Is at the time of this, there was no New York City. It was Metropolis and Gotham. But by the '90s, there was New York. There, there, there may have been an act. Yeah, I know there had to be a New York in the comics by this time. Why? Because by 1978, DC Comics actually appeared in the comics. Okay, then. So, yeah. I, I, I think... It, but that that's just been the weird thing, is they've never really kind of clarified exactly where, you know, Metropolis is or what it is. And Gotham, they're just... They are all New York, but they're still in New York. Well, I, I remember for a short period of time, they really played up uh, Kyle Rayner being Spider-Man, and he was a New York superhero. Yeah, he was, he was in New York. York. Yeah, and it was like, oh, 
He was an artist in New York, and he had a, a, a weekly uh, cartoon strip. <laughs> or was it a daily for the newspaper? Yeah, I don't remember. But uh, but yeah, and there yeah by that time there definitely was in New York. Yeah, but they they had kind of differentiated the three by that point. But earlier on, I mean, even the idea that originally Metropolis was not supposed to be New York. You know, a lot of people said it was based on Toronto because uh, Schuster was uh, from Canada. It was a Quinook. Um, or others would say Chicago. Yeah. Um, but by this time, especially because, you know, D.C. was in New York, that was the whole thing. Metropolis was New York during the day in, like, the nice areas, and Gotham was New York at night in the seedy areas. Yeah. And New York was just New York all the time. It's one of the, one of the things that I find strange about, about the, the DC universe is I can, I can let this film get away with having the Statue of Liberty and the Twin Towers and call it Metropolis. But with The Dark Knight Rises, I couldn't let it get away with calling New York Gotham for that movie. I don't know, what, I don't know why it is. Probably because I saw Chicago as Gotham. And then all of a sudden for the last movie... They moved it to to be in New York for all the exterior shots. And Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. But all the all the all the bridges going and everything like that was just clearly, clearly New York. Yeah, I still don't understand how she's still flying with him. Oh well, yeah, he dropped her. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, even I mean. Not that you could you could see it like maybe he's he's letting go of her a little. He's Superman. He doesn't let go. You know, he does not let go of anything that he does not want to let go of. He might end up crushing her hand to tiny pieces, but he's never going to let go. Yeah, he actually, he dropped her. Which well, is, yeah. I'm not saying that she doesn't trust him anymore or anything like that. I'm just saying that the, the flying night is over at that point. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. It's you, just like Gina Davis and the fly, man. Maybe it is. That is that. That is. This is the time period of the craziest women in the world. Because it is one of those things where, like, if you're on a date with a girl and you know, like you guys accidentally bump heads or something, nobody's making out or anything after that, unless you guys really want to. But usually that ends the date. Unless you hit her head really hard, and then you just keep going. <laughs> or, or you're in an '80s romantic comedy. Yeah, but but you understand what I'm saying, where if there's a fuck-up, it's not going to end the relationship, but it's a fuck-up and it's going to ruin the day. It's going to it's gonna put it on pause for the rest of the evening. Right. Yeah. And dropping her at 50,000 feet is going to put a pause in it. I like this. this all, there's no cuts when he takes off and then he comes back as Clark. There aren't? Watch. Well, good night. Fly right. away. No cut. Lois walks. Superman. Holy shit. It's pretty amazing. And he's at the door as Clark. Completely that's changed. awesome. That is absolutely Wow. That's incredible filmmaking well no see see uh, one of the one of the things I've, I've been watching uh 
uh, Star Trek again, Star Trek 09 again, before going and seeing it again. And one of the, the effects that really got me was when Spock goes into the turbo lift and changes floors and then comes out of the turbo yeah. lift again. But that's yeah. all green screen. I saw no, how that not. was done. It, no, it is all green screen. They got, oh. they got A guy holds a green screen up behind him when he walks into the, to the turbo lift the first time and then takes it away when he walks out onto the bridge. Okay. So, but that's not, that's not what's just happened here. That's like him putting a well, suit on really quickly. Actually, no, that, that, that is kind of what happened here. And then they, they mentioned this on the commentary. When you saw him take off, that was a projection. Oh, they put a, wow. uh, they put a, that was like a rear projection. They put a big rear projection screen there. They filmed him taking off at a, a different day. They projected it on there. Cause you can see there's a point where Lois like walks, um, right behind like a some sort of ivy or vines and that's hiding the edge of the screen so that they kind of did it that way i mean it's but it looks flawless and i always thought that too that it was like wow he flew off they threw a costume on real quick because how else could they do it but no they actually found a clever way your projection i spent the night with superman and he didn't give me space aids <laughs> or did he just eliminate them with his heat vision after he wiped my mind? Can you read my mind? As a matter of fact, I can't. <laughs> uh, no, but I can I'm erase like, it. Can you erase my mind? <laughs> can you yes, erase? I never mind? noticed that now Lex's hair is different. Yeah. I never noticed that when I watched this movie. I mean, not the first time, or the first couple of times. Her boobs are nice. What is she naked in? The, the real star of the movie, Tess Macca's boobs. She's naked in things, right? Yeah, Wait. she was in, was it the Slaughterhouse-Five or something like that? No, no, she's she's in the uh, Village People movie, isn't she? Oh, yeah, that's right. She's naked in that. Which is still one of the, the funniest things ever. It's a PG movie with a shit ton of dicks and, <laughs> and tits. <laughs> And most of the people that went to see that movie were not looking at the tits. <laughs> but, now, this really shows you just how truly brilliant Lex Luthor is. Just by being told that Superman comes from Krypton, which exploded in 1938 or 48 or whatever, he figures out there's a rock in Addis Ababa that will kill him. There's absolutely no connective tissue between these two thoughts. And no, Lex figures it out. There is none. And how do they? We didn't know that there were planets outside of our solar system in 1948. They just—that was recent, right? Well, they had discovered that, them, but they had always—they assumed the planets were out there. But like, we didn't actually discover planets, in, except for within like the last 15 years, right? Yeah. yeah to actually, to actually designate them as being individual planets and stuff yeah right Tra- tracking the orbits and, and, and stuff like that otherwise it was just it could be anything it's a blob right well because he says in 1948 it exploded we saw it explode this is 1978 so it's like wait a minute wait a minute you're telling me that you're able to uh, you're able to in 1940 something see a planet explode when we can't even, we we just assume they're out there hell we didn't even know that suns exploded in 1948 we just thought those were cool explosions in the sky hell they didn't even see them so just smart lexus wow one bit of information 
Planet Krypton exploded, and he figures out, well, of course, obviously, the rocks must be fatal. And yet, the only way you can find to make some money is by blowing up the California coastline. (laughs) But I think that's why the change in Lex Luthor, him becoming a businessman, happened in the 80s. Because it was a ridiculous thing. Well, you you had had the 80s where where Gordon Gecko can be a bad guy. Uh, You mean a good guy. A good guy or a bad guy, but you know you can be a bad guy. Whereas you can make Lex Luthor into a Gordon Gecko type of person, right. and still get away with him being a supervillain. Well, the the prior to this, and this is kind of you know when when you start removing things from the mythology and having to change things. I mean, originally Lex Luthor was. I don't really know what his plan was. Just to destroy Superman for a very long period of time, like he would have been a good guy if Superman hadn't ruined his hair. Yeah. As Superboy. And then he dedicated his life to destroying Superboy. Whereas if he hadn't dedicated his life to that, oh, he would have done things like cure cancer and, uh, and you know, all of these great scientific discoveries. But instead, his great intellect is, is just targeted at destroying Superman. Here, you know, he's, he's a criminal genius before Superman's even in the picture. Uh, he just kind of decides, I'm going to destroy Superman because he could thwart me. Yeah. yeah, the only the only person who can stop me is Superman. I will stop him first. Right. But it's just like, well, you know, how is Superman actually going to stop you? Actually, yep. if, if you think about it, uh, you know, he stop he stops Superman with the kryptonite, but uh, and, and obviously it doesn't work. But it still detonates the bomb. Just don't tell any, just don't tell Superman that you're launching missiles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 it's probably a bit early, but have you seen the How It Should Have Ended for Superman? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, it, it's worth a watch. Uh, basically, it says, you know, Lex Luthor's going through this thing, and he says, even you, Superman, with your incredible speed, couldn't stop both the rockets. And Superman says, what, these rockets? He's gone and got them and brought them back. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, How This Should Have Ended, I like those. Because it, it does take into account the, the slight flaws in, in movies and just pokes fun at them. It, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's loving poking yeah. fun. That's what I like about them. They're, they're, yeah. never, they're never trying to ruin a movie for anybody. It's just, but you know. It is that reminder that, that especially people who start nitpicking forget that none of these things actually make any sense. Right. No, a movie doesn't make any sense. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a movie. Yeah. Yeah. If it was happening in real life, it would be happening in real life. Yeah. And it would be far less entertaining. I mean, there are lots of movies that are very, very, very much like real life. And I don't like those movies. Yeah. I don't enjoy those movies. Because I don't need to, like, you know, there was something on recently. And, you know, Lucy saw a preview of something she wanted to watch. And it's basically like yet another dysfunctional family thing. And it's like, I don't need a movie for that. I can hang out with my family my, my and see family. people you know but actually my family's not i don't even think of us as being particularly dysfunctional but it's like all families are basically like that to some yeah. degree and it's like i don't need a movie to remind me of that that's not a think a point that's ever escaped me it's like that that's not challenging to me making believe a man can fly that uh, that's tough making believe a family can argue that's not tough you know, I, I hope uh, what the the new movie should it has to have Otis and Miss Tessmacher. Doesn't need Lex Luthor. Actually, I I think it would be cool to have Otis and Miss Tessmacher 
actually cast already and in the film at some point. I I really really like that. Um, Smallville brought in Miss Tess Mercer. Yes. Yeah, it did. I, yeah. I, when I when I finally connected that, it was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that is so cool. Oh, Smallville. I was just bummed that no one ever went. Tess Mercer. Did he change his hair again? This is this is rocket number two. This is only on the extended oh. cut, isn't it? Oh no, this or the is the other one. This is. I, a, I, I, I just these are such elaborate plans on Lex's part. Well, I mean, he's he is reprogramming nuclear weapons. It's never going to be easy. <laughs> and yet, despite him being a genius. Well, I like, the, okay, we're going to send this Teshmacher to reprogram because Otis fucked up the last one. Yeah, but, but that, that's like, it. Yeah. Why don't you get a slightly smarter henchman? Yeah. <laughs> you could employ someone to do this one task yeah. and then and then push him into a subway train. Or off of this bridge. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. or possibly, Lex, go and do it yourself. <laughs> no, Lex Luthor doesn't do that. Because that, that is the one thing they've they've carried on through Lex Luthor, which is the attitude that Gene Hackman has in this movie. He has a, a certain attitude and a certain feel to him that I, I get in almost all my all the Lex Luthers that I like and that are around, and which is a, a cockiness and a yeah. or a cocksuredness that that he has in in this film. That's his downfall. Yeah. It's always his downfall. Uh oh. It's the earthquake. This is such a weird. Sorry, I have to nitpick it. Oh yeah, we're, we can lovingly nitpick. Because I don't understand why she's driving and interviewing him at the same time. Why don't they switch? <laughs> why doesn't he drive and answer? No, 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 no. Why doesn't he hold the microphone? Ooh, there's that too. Or how about she can, we just she, 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 go to wherever he is? And interview him without driving. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm going to interview you. Oh, no, no. We don't care where you are. We're going to drive around for a while. I'll pick you up, take you where you need to go. It's also a, an odd story for her to be on, too. Someone's buying up land in California. She's on the other side of the country. There's nothing going on in Metropolis to cover? Why is no, no, this Superman thing's dead in the water now. Yeah. As, as she's the only link that anyone's actually got to him, you know. <laughs> We're just going to write one story about this guy, and that's it. Yeah. Now, hmm, a land deal in, in California. That's interesting. More so than this alien who landed here with superpowers. <laughs> Worthless land in the desert. <laughs> Look at this dispatch from Addis Ababa. It's like, he's got, I mean, that, now that's a newsman. Someone breaks into a... a thing in Addis Ababa and Perry White knows yeah Perry White knows everything so that that's what happened Perry was like Lois something funky's going on in California I can tell get out there yeah you know if they ever let the characters evolve uh, past you know five years uh, Lois Lane would probably end up being the uh, editor-in-chief of the Daily Planet at some point yeah well, in the comics now, they're, they're, she's something. Is he still uh, dating Wonder Woman in the comics? Yeah, I think so. Okay. That's supposedly going to lead to an apocalypse. To uh, what? 
somehow like the, the implication is that uh, them being together is going to lead to an apocalyptic future. Okay. Go ahead, Chris. I, I like the uh, the only thing with more than four le- or less than four legs that can hear this in the yeah. earth is you, Superman. It's like, how do you know that? <laughs> has, he, has he just tried like every frequency that he can find until he find you know? He's, he's just repeat, smart. repeating it. He is super smart. He read yeah. that article. Said kryptonite. <laughs> they mentioned super hearing, but he's got to have it. Because how could he not? I suppose we don't know how long has passed, do we? There might have been hundreds of articles about Superman. No, he just uh, jumped out the window. No one's, yeah. no one's noticing at all. <laughs> Kent's lost it. <laughs> Kent's no lost one, it. No one on the street cares. <laughs> it's, so cool. it's not even... I don't even think it's a Kent lost it. It's the, the character of Clark Kent is so insignificant and forgettable that people don't look at him. I suppose it, they've shown that in it with the, with the elevator and people say goodbye to people that no one actually paid any attention to him whatsoever. Yeah. Right. So, so it's the disguise working perfectly. Yeah. Right. And, but then as Superman, everybody turns their head. Yep. Yeah. The whole time. But Clark Kent is constantly ignored on purpose. People go out of their way not to make eye contact with Actually, him. that kind of makes him a good reporter in some ways. Yeah. Like he's not dynamic like Lois, but if he if he basically can kind of turn invisible, yeah. I always thought that was a nice effect. Well, yeah, the spinning and turning. Yeah. Where is he going? To the underground. Oh, that's right. He's going to uh, flex. Now I do like this is the extended cut, the original the theatrical it? cut. Yeah, he just basically walks up to Lex's door, but now we get a little. Uh, a little resistance on Lex's part. Mr. Tushmaka! Sorry. Tushmaka said love. <laughs> well, yeah. That's, uh, I, I, that's why I liked her in Returns when Superman actually saves her. <laughs> and she goes to Lex, well, you were going to just let me die? Like, well, sorry. That's so cool. That's that's almost the equivalent of the eyeball scene, isn't it? Uh, wasn't it Jeff Johns who saved this scene? Uh, yeah, something like that. Like he, he's the one that found, he found it, was, it, and he's like, this, "Why? Why isn't this somewhere?" And that's why we have it today. And actually, if you look at the um, the card set from the movie. Yeah, because you know, back then every movie came with, came with some sort of trading. There is a photograph from Superman being set on fire, and then a photograph of him being frozen. Because when they did the cards, the final cut of the movie wasn't done yet. Right. So there's actually two sort of deleted scene cards. And I always remember when I saw the flame one, I was like, oh, maybe this is from the second movie. And then it came out. Well, there was a scene that they never aired. Maybe this is from the second movie. Well, because they, they had uh, they made it known that they had filmed one and two at the same time. Yeah. And that was pretty well known. So we knew that there was a lot of stuff that was filmed for the second one that we just hadn't seen yet. Superman's like, my house is in the North Pole. What are you fucking doing? <laughs> I You know, I've never actually seen the gauntlet scene until now. Because I never really cared. <laughs> 
But but it is nice to to see that Lex Luthor isn't a complete idiot. No, this this is all you can buy now. I think this this extended cut. I don't think you can actually get the uh, the original theatrical cut. Well, you can get it as part of the box set. That's the only. All thing. right. You can get it that's other the, ways. That's yeah. the box set with everything in it. Yeah. Or you can uh, just watch uh, watch me watching it on my on my computer. Yeah. Yeah. All the way across the country. Oh, well, sorry, the world. Mike, I could actually have gone to Mike's house to watch it, but <laughs> he's got a cat. I yeah, see, before it. it just cut to he would that this was the next shot. He drilled into the hole to the ground and walked over. That's cool. He's definitely coming, Mister Luther, on her face. Super sperm. Yeah, that's one of the unknowns, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. I read it. I was like, it's oh wow. Come in. <laughs> it was it was yeah on Facebook Brian pointed out just how how funny this movie is. Yeah. Intentionally funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's because people still uh, up until Batman Begins. Batman Begins is what does it. Up until Batman Begins. People still think of comic book movies as fantasy movies and goofy and funny. And you're supposed this, to be goofy. I mean, this funny is just, is just, I mean, a lot of it's coming out of the character and a lot of it's coming right. out of uh, uh, Lex. It, it, and, and they pointed out that this, and that Hackman hadn't done a lot of comedy by this point. Yeah. Even but though he was very talented, he just did drama. But, but it's one of those... This one set the stage for everything else to be goofy and funny. And Adam West in uh, yeah. Batman show. That's what people, they thought America wanted out of comic book things that weren't comic books. They're supposed to be goofy and funny. Yeah, this doesn't make any sense why he tells Superman. Why he, why he uh, uh, what is it, Blofeld's him? Tells him everything that he's planning on doing? I'm going to tell you my entire plan. When I when uh, twenty four hours ago you did not know I existed, right? So now I'll tell you my plan and try to kill you. Yeah, he could have totally gotten away with everything. But it's the ego. Yeah. And Otisburg. Otisburg. Does he get to rename? Well, I guess there's no cities there at all, so. Yeah, it's just desert. <laughs> Wait a minute. How much desert did he buy? How much money did he have? He bought every bit of desert from Mexico to Canada. <laughs> and, you know, the funny thing is, in our universe, there's still actually lots of places there. <laughs> there are cities in California yeah. on that side of the San Andreas Fault. Yeah, there are. Like, uh, car no, what is it? What's the name of it? The, the city that's right in between uh, Las Vegas and uh, L.A. Otisburg? No, it's not Otisburg. <laughs> Lutherville, Lex Springs. Otisburg? Marina del Lex. Marina del Otisburg? Yeah, like at this point, they've just met. 
but yeah, they, they, yeah. they've got the kind of like classic adversary thing going. Yes, for 15 minutes I've been trying to get you into my lair. <laughs> and then here's Lois. Just, just still cruising around California. There's Jimmy Olsen. By the, is he still by the Hoover Dam? Yeah. Yep. The Hoover Dam. And now it's Ginny Olsen now, right? Yep. And are you still upset about that? Uh, yeah, Cliff from, uh, whatchamacallit? It's Cliff uh, Clavin. Cliff Clavin, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, a, I'm upset. Of, I'm not, I've never actually really been upset. But okay. I do like Jimmy Olsen. So I, I'm yeah. sad that there is no Jimmy Olsen. But that's yeah. really all it is. Just the kind of like, there's a thing I liked, and I'm not going to have it here. Oh well. It's not, yeah, not, not a big deal. Who is, who is playing Jenny Olsen? Is she ridiculously hot? She is. Uh, she is quite hot. Yeah. Okay, then I'm fine with it. <laughs> I have no problem with it. Yeah, I'm, w I'm willing to make that sacrifice. Right. Uh, if you if you got like the reason why Cat Denning is in. Uh, Thor is to be big booed yeah. and cute. Like she, her character serves no purpose other than that. Yeah. So it's like okay. No, she's the entry point for the audience. Yeah, okay. she's the skeptic. Well, I think that's the other thing they've started to realize about comic book movies is if you don't need get, an entry point. It's not that you don't need an entry point. It's the if you can get girls on board, you're good. You're golden. Yeah. Like. Because guys will do what girls want. They they finally figured out what most of <laughs> what most of media has figured out. Guys will do thing anything that girls say to do. Like really? Yeah. That's why sex sells. That's why in ads for uh, it's funny ads for stuff for men. There are women, and ads for stuff for women. There are women. Yeah, it's it's very rare that you see men in stuff for women. Like, well, is it the the guys, guys work on their appearance to impress women. Women work on their appearance to make other women jealous. Right. Well, some women. Uh, it is funny. Ah, uh, kryptonite. I've always wondered about kryptonite. It would be like me flying off to a distant planet and someone coming up with a lump of gold and putting it on my chest, and I'm going ah. My your hometown. Yeah. My only problem that I've ever had with Kryptonite is he's got heat vision. And if Kryptonite can actually be destroyed, why can't he just shoot it with his eyes from like a mile, 100 miles away? I'm not even talking about in this movie. I'm just talking about in general. Somebody um, whips out Kryptonite, you... They're, they're actually... that I, I'm pretty sure that had been addressed at least in a couple of different instances. Okay. Uh, there, I believe in the past it was actually immune to his heat vision. Okay. But what he would do, and this they, would happen a lot... So, like, in this instance, there'd be something lead. He would, like, have to melt something else with his heat vision to cover it. So he had done that before. But, yeah, I think kryptonite itself uh, was immune, because it's kryptonian, is immune to his heat vision. Okay. Um, and then I think it became his powers just don't work when he's in the presence of kryptonite. But, yeah, right. if he knew about it and was, like, up in space or something, he could, should conceivably be able to zap it. Yeah, but what's the presence? Like, how how far is the radius and how quickly do his powers just shut down? Yeah, that, that depends on how much the writer needs. It's you, because it always seems to be just a few feet. Right. 
Miss Tessmacher always saves him. Which is such a weird thing. She had you no... You'd think after the first time Miss Tessmacher saves him that uh, Lex would not want her around anymore. Yeah. Like, you had one job. To not let Superman get out of that swimming pool. Wait, how heavy was that thing? I'm sorry, I, that, that is now blowing my mind. Because, you know, I don't watch these beforehand at all. That is blowing my mind. It was a chain that Lex could easily handle as a regular dude. Oh, yeah. And he just draped it over his neck and pushed him into a pool. But why wouldn't Superman just let it fall off his neck in the pool and then try and swim away? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that, Mike. <laughs> Thank you for just agreeing with me. Like, yeah, you're absolutely oh, yeah. right. It makes no oh, sense. I think it, you can you can go along the lines of it. Superman is just messed up. He doesn't know what he's doing. But then he's smart enough to to make a very reasoned plea to Miss Teshwalker. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's strong enough to basically keep himself afloat by swimming, but not strong enough to take a small chain and rock off his neck. Uh, right. Yeah. Oh, it make, I mean, at least in some of the other portrayals, he is in such excruciating pain that well, he, here he just seems weakened. Like, I'd have no problem with it if, when, uh, like, Lex, like, tried to put it on him and he was like... Well, why is he trying to break the chain? Why don't you lift it off your neck? Like, he if did. he was wrapped up in chains, then I he, totally get it. He did try and uh, take it off his uh But it's not heavy. It shouldn't be. Well, I mean, we don't... I guess that's the kind of, like, well, we don't really know what kryptonite will do. But, yeah, right there, right. you only need a couple more inches, and that's coming off. See, after this... Well, yeah, like, she has to kiss him first. Of course. When she throws the thing and they make a point of showing how it goes like into the sewers, I always thought that was going to come back. Nipples. Yeah. Nurple. Miss Tessmarker naked. Why did you kiss me first? Because... Why are we... Somebody talk. Because we're just watching uh, her dripping wet. <laughs> yeah. Stand this aside, Mario. This is why I watch Superman. And then he's dry. Well, he's Superman. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah, there's one of the shots where you can see they, they tinted the suit a little bit. For, in some of the shots in front of a blue screen, they tinted the suit a bit green so that he wouldn't turn invisible and then they would tint it back in post. Or in the, like after it's been composited. But there's a few shots where you can still see it green. So yeah, Lois, uh, crack reporter driving through the middle of the desert and runs out of gas. What? Yeah, car's running out of gas. Does she yeah. not really know? I do like the missile flying right over these guys. The guy's actually got like that, that hay in his mouth. Yeah. That, but that's a, stereo, a stereotypical guy. Which now, I thought which, didn't exist. Now he is chasing the one heading for Hackensack, New Jersey at this point. 
Yeah. Makes now, sense. Well, but he was in Metropolis, which is on the East Coast, which is just north of Hackensack, New Jersey. So why did he fly across the country to catch it from behind when it's actually heading for where he is right now? I don't know. Because he's Superman. Because it's cooler to grab it from behind. Yeah. I do like in the uh, Donner Cut of 2 how this missile is what releases the Phantom Zone, not the French atomic bomb. And the other thing is... Why did Lex fire 2? It was a mistake, because Otis reprogrammed the first one incorrectly. Yeah, that, was headed to Hack and Sack, that was headed to Hackensack, New Jersey, so he needed to go and reprogram a second one. I like the the old-school computer screen. Yeah. I'm not okay, too... Okay, so I, I guess I forgot you was going to get I'm not too impressed with uh, having Cliff Clavin running the <laughs> radar. <laughs> Whoops. What you gonna do, Jimmy Olsen? Actually, I always thought, you know, is this a, a scenario that would work? Like, if you detonated an atomic bomb on San Andreas Fault, would you wipe out of California? Probably not. And, and no, if, I mean, if if so, then are are we gonna let the Russians see this movie? <laughs> Don't let the Russians see four either, because you know, <laughs> a bit a bit of Superman's hair, a bit of the sun. You've got a super villain. Uh, the, 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 the actual faults itself generate and, well, create and destroy so much energy that I think it would just absorb a nuclear blast quite easily. I like how those, uh, that, that's all just like rocks covered with aluminum foil with red light. <laughs> that is something that's kind of impressive about you know, I mean, not just this movie, but like even old disaster movies and stuff like that. It's just how much they were able to fake in the days before digital technology. Yeah. It's um, it's clever filmmaking. Yeah. You know, it, it, when when uh, it's problem solving at the highest level. You know, we need to get something that looks like Superman is flying through the crust of the Earth. Right. You know, it, uh, aluminum foil and some red lights that will work, and it does. And, and actually, I was surprised when I, I watched the making of The Lord of the Rings at how much of the size changes were just clever force perspective and not digital. Yeah. You know, I, I was actually kind of blown away. I thought they just, oh, they must have shot this whole movie on a green screen and put it all together later. But then you see those shots where you're like, oh, that table that looks like it's one thing is actually like 10 feet long and it's angled so that it looks like it's small and they're next to each other. Well, I, 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 I think the reason they did that is because we can always tell when it's fake. When it's a yeah. practical when it's a practical effect, including wire work, we we go, they're actually doing that. We can see it. But just like uh, the reason why, uh, what the hell is the name? Polar Express is weird. That cartoon movie is weird is because those things are just a little too close to real. And they don't do the things that real things do. Yeah, you know? it's one of the reasons. One of the reasons why I have difficulty buying into things like Three Hundred and Sucker Punch. 
by 300 particularly because it's just the wrong side there's nothing practical there at all right you know there is nothing there at, there's not even any wire work there's no real stunts to speak of or anything like that it's all green screen and it's all CGI uh -oh. it also gives the actors you know, something to, to really work with that was always one of the complaints with many of the actors in, in like Phantom Menace is there on a green screen emoting to a tennis ball and stick. Yeah. I suppose it's one of the things when you've when you've got a cast like Lord of the Rings had, if you can get Ian Holm and Ian McKellen sat in the same studio, albeit ten feet away from each other, but in the same shot, you're gonna get a better performance right. than if you had had them performing separately. Yeah. Why is Jimmy Olsen all the way at the Hoover Dam? He went up. The, 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 he was at the bottom of the dam. No, 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 they no. Hit and then... but, well, why is he there? Why is he at the Hoover Dam? The Hoover Dam, uh, see, because uh, uh, you don't know geography. The Hoover Dam is in between Arizona and Nevada. Yeah, so, so, he, so he's not with Lois. He's a good, uh, I'd say, two hours away from where Lois uh, is at best. Unless... But is this, is this named as the Hoover Dam, or is it just a dam in California? Right. Yeah, because yeah. that's it. Is if if there was a massive earthquake in California, it's not going to do this to the Hoover Dam. Probably not. You know, it's well, just no, if it, it did, if it, did it, if it did it to the Hoover Dam, it would negate Nexus' plan in the first place, because he'd have a lot of destroyed, you know, yeah. buildings and stuff on all of his uh, prime real estate. Right. He would he would have needed to buy all the land just on the other side of, of Nevada. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, that's that's what my guess is that this is actually not. Even though this is the Hoover Dam, it's just some in Cal the DC yeah. universe, this is a dam somewhere in California. Yeah. But yeah, it is. The Hoover dam. Yeah, because you know, and when I when I was younger and hadn't like you know been to the Hoover Dam and driven over it several times, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. But once I lived in the area, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, wait, well, this yeah, because like this is California. Right. So why doesn't he just fly Jimmy somewhere close to the Hoover Dam? Right. Oh, yeah. Hoover Dam. Hoover Dam. Just like New York is not New York. The geography of the of the DC universe is an unusual one. I, yeah. I like that line in uh, Justice League Avengers where they commented that that the Avengers commented that this Earth was just slightly larger, so there were a bunch of cities that weren't on Marvel Earth. <laughs> yeah. So the reason why Gotham, New York, and uh, and, and uh, Metropolis can all basically exist in the same area is because the country and the planet are just a little bit bigger. That crack was a dick. It came right after Lois, didn't it? <laughs> yep. It's like a Final Destination thing. We will get Lois Lane. Yeah, this is a fucked up way for her to die. Oh, yeah. it's not. It's not the way for her to die at all. It's horrible. And 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 she dies. Oh yeah. That, that's the thing that's really effed up about this movie is they kill her. They kill her in good. Yeah. Like a lot of people die, but they kill Lois Lane. Yeah. And then Superman, you know, spins the world back because he's upset, which also doesn't make any sense. I still contend he does that all the time too, just like the money boy. It's, 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 I, yeah. I, 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 
I've tried to think of it, it doesn't work because of what they show you on the screen. I've tried to think of it as he's going back in time, he's not spinning the world the wrong way. Well, it's yeah. just just put badly, if you know what I mean. He's not actually spinning the world backwards. It's right. just the fact he's... that he is go he himself is going back in time. Right. But they show everything reversing. Yeah, that, that's what. But that could just be as he's going back in time. But see, the, the problem is he he spins around the world, everything starts going the other direction, then he stops, and then he has to spin back to yeah. go the other way. So it's almost like he's. He's spinning time backwards for the planet. Yeah. Which it's for Lois. Right. Which is the, that's the part I don't buy. I don't buy. It's not the the time travel part. I have no problem with it. He, uh, from what we've been watching of this movie, he's known her for like a week. He has no reason to. And, and she is the reason why the two missiles were launched in the first place because she gave away all the information about him in the story <laughs> that she published. Right. It's all Lois's fault. Not all. All of it. It's all her fault, stupid woman. But, you know, he saved the day. It's always a woman's fault. Okay, see, I was just joking around with Christy saying we were getting really sexist, but then we just did. <laughs> it all goes back to Eve. It all goes back to Eve. I was like, because she was talking about it, planting flowers. I was like, sweet, we're being sexist. Because we were just having that conversation about it, you know, most things being marketed to women. Oh, I, 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 will, I will go one farther. By spinning the world backwards, he disrupts the space-time continuum enough to allow the Phantom Zone villains to break out with a nuclear bomb. Event. Okay. And actually, he gives up his powers for her in the next movie. And the world gets all nearly fucking destroyed. Yeah. He should have let her die at the end of this movie, and then he would have kicked the three Phantom Zone criminals' asses at the beginning. Damn, it is. But that, that's and because... Still, but still, not, don't die like that. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't die like that. Well, it's it's one of those... They finally changed her character from being... Because this is where the change starts to happen. Where she stops being Lois the victim. Because that, that's the one thing I used to hate about Lois Lane that isn't really there anymore. She's just there to be rescued. She's actually a full character now. Or at least she was before the new 52. I don't know what she is now. Yeah, I mean, she's... She, I mean, the, the, the stuff that's in the comics now for Superman, the continuity has changed, but the characters themselves are not fundamentally different than they've been for the last 20 years. I mean, the modern DC Universe versions. Okay, so... I mean, to me, it's just mostly the trappings. Hold on for a can moment. Well, no. It's a... Place her down and go, (laughs) It is not a con moment because he did it first. Uh, Okay. It's a Superman. So, So everyone's doing a Superman. Yeah. They're doing the Superman. But, uh... Uh, and it, it's one of those things where is it is it a is it because of one human life being taken away and he's upset about that? No, I could buy that because he seemed to save everybody else. This is the one person that died in this whole, this tragedy. But it's the yeah, one person he, that he, the one person he could not save is the one person that he really wanted to. Right. Yeah, but that's, that's the tragedy. But, that, but, I'm, but I'm pretty sure that that's all of his 18 years of training were built around this scenario. 
<laughs> That's why he was trapped in the Fortress of Solitude for so long. Why he was told not to get too attached and all that sort of stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, so, when he flies up, Jor-El basically tells him, you are not allowed to do this. Yeah. He breaks his daddy's rules. But then he hears John Kent saying, you are here for a reason. Yeah. Do I just let him die? Maybe. But that's but that's the choice. Is is he going to be, yeah, know, the Kryptonian Superman or the human Superman? And that's that's the moment. Oh, I don't know why I just had a crash, but no big deal. Did that stop? I, I just lost the feed. Yeah. Really? Don't worry about it. It'll be back up in just a second. Ah! You don't have to stop the movie. Mostly. We could just keep. Oh, going. the movie's still going. <laughs> So let's see, right now he's getting the all those powers and I couldn't even save him, so he flashes back to his father. And then Jarrell says it's forbidden. It is forbidden. Uh you have to share the group again, Mike. There we go. And share your screen, because looking at you is weird. He's Starting to spin the planet back right now. There, there we, we go. go. Like I say, I, I, I try to take it in that he is going back in time himself, and this you're just seeing yeah. his perspective of what's going on. Yep. But it's not how it plays. Right, because then he go, and then he stops and starts spinning the other direction. Yeah. But see, that's one of the other things is is okay. So he goes back, and Lois's death is undone, but then it looks like all the damage is undone. You know, right. the, the Boulder Dam got undestroyed here, so is he going to go save those people? Yeah. Kind of has to, doesn't he? Or, or does does he just take it back an extra 30 seconds and stop both yeah. missiles from striking in the first place? Right. Because all, all he's doing at the moment is he's saving Lois. Right. He's just going back to catch, catch her before the, uh, the thing, before the thing hits her, really. Right. Hi. Don't bother. Hello, Lois. Well, here's hoping that it doesn't crash on me again. I like the don't bother. I think it's dead. Well, you were. So, yeah, right now, all those other things are happening. But doesn't matter because Lois is back. Sorry, people under the boulder dam. That is weird. Or, no. Those things aren't happening. He's already saving them. He already ah, did it. Yes. It's just he didn't make it to her in enough time. The problem is there there now exists two Supermans. Up until the point that, yeah, he starts going backwards, yes. So there's oh, another yeah. Superman. There is another Superman watching this Superman saving Lois. <laughs> and then you've got a paradox, because if he's watching him save Lois, he wouldn't go back in time. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. I've have just broken Superman the movie. I'll see you later. Unless the other Superman sees it, figures this out, and realizes he has to go back in time. Now, now we're getting Bill and Ted, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Remind me when I when I finish doing this to go back in time and stop the two missiles and stuff. Well, or this Superman just like goes forward in time. Then when Superman sees Lois next and she goes, "Thanks for saving me," he'll be like, "What?" What are you talking about? I was in Colorado. Oh, not Clark. 
catching Jimmy and flying him to California for no reason. I didn't. I didn't save you. Well, I, I don't understand why they're referencing Clark. It's like, oh, Clark should have been here. It would have been, it's like he's in Metropolis. You know that. You know that he's not come with you. Wait a minute. Yeah, Clark should have been here where we almost died. Yeah, on on a on a ridiculous investigation into property theft or property crime or something was, like that. He was too busy jumping out the window in Metropolis. <laughs> This also doesn't make much sense. <laughs> Let's just drop him off in jail. Yeah. What did they do? Nothing. There, there isn't a trial yet. Right. They're, they're at the penitentiary when uh, they actually still have to go through the criminal justice system. Right. Well, no. Superman said they did it. That's all you need? I guess. You're right. But that's part of the problem with the Superman society if he just tells you that he did it. And the shot. I hope they have something like this. This closing shot was even in Superman Returns. Yeah, it's in Smallville for God's sakes. That's the closing sequence of Smallville. It's him flying over the earth like that. In the Superman costume. Because he's Superman, goddammit. Then he looks and smiles right at looks, us. Looks at the camera, yeah. Da, da, da. One of his superpowers is he knows he's a fictional character. And that's why he can do anything. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> I, want, I want somebody to write that story. It's the reason why Superman is super is because he knows he's a fictional character. And he can do whatever he wants. That would be creepy. Yeah? Somebody has to have done that. I don't know that. Like, the closest you get is, uh, what's his name? Uh, Irredeemable. Yeah. Like, I think that's the first time anybody introduced that idea into the Superman mythos. So that was Superman the movie. Still one of my favorite movies. Uh, Did I say anything bad about it? Oh, no. But I'm saying that even... Uh, even despite like the fact that clearly we can pick it apart, and uh, and you know it's it is very very dated in yeah. many ways. Uh, it's, some some movies can date themselves and still kind of work, and some can't. And I think this one still works. Well, I don't think it dated itself. I think it tried to. I think it in it un- unintentionally dated itself, but it I, I think it tried to not be. 1970s America. I th- it tried, but I, I don't think it. I think it really couldn't help but be a 70s movie. Yeah. Just because of the way that it's made and the way that it's shot and the look and all of that. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing that is specifically saying, "Hey, it's the 1970s," other than visual cues. You know how people are dressed. Uh, you know, no one has cell phones, things it, like that. But it, it, it does actually date, it does actually physically date itself to that time as well. So, you know, it says that it, uh, it meet you across in 1948. Right. Yeah. And and Superman is a, about 30-ish. So it does, it does actually date itself to, to the 70s. Anyway. It is weird. Watching this over Google Plus. Yeah. Is it the, the power of technology? 
Google Hangout. Now we know how to do it, though, Mike. Yeah, that's true. We can record through Google Plus. People won't be able to. Well, actually, no, because we can just unmute. Like, I can unmute. And the people who are listening can hear us. Well, yeah, we didn't we didn't figure out how to. Uh, yeah, that, we're watching it over Google, but we're recording over Skype. So right. if we could just figure out how to record the Google thing, which, I, like I said, I think it does record on YouTube. I think it's just a, a plug-in to get. Ah. Sorry, I've, I've, I've stopped the movie because it just credits. Yeah, but we normally talk through the credits, and that's the end. All right, He's... fine, I'll put it back on. Like, you can't the, stop it. The credits for this are very long, so it's, it's still going. How, okay, as long as they're still going, because we don't know when the when it's over. Your the starship was by Ed Gimmel. I did not uh, know that. Four minutes. Because this is where this is where the wrap up happens. Damn it! You're uh, echoing. Oh yeah. Well, I'm not really echoing. I'm echoing to you because I opened up uh, the Google Voice microphone so you can hear me. So if somebody were actually, uh, what do you call that? So Skype isn't recording that. No, Skype shouldn't be recording that. Okay. Who knows what Skype does? Who knows what your computer does? Yeah. I, I say, a, a recording is just a plug-in. I'm sure of it. Or finding the right button. Yeah. Because I know that there's quite a few podcasts that record through Google+. Plus. Yeah, we, we might start doing it. You, you'll see my horrible room. Yeah, no, I'll just do a video podcast just at least once before we're done. Before we're done. Which, I, I, now it makes me happy to see that everybody's so sad. <laughs> yeah, some people are, are, are bummed. Yeah. If I would have known that. What? We haven't actually done anything yet. I know. And it's like, you know, it's like four months away. Right. That's what I said. I, I've said it to several people. You know, it's five months away. It's four months now, but like, yeah. it's, it's five months away, like... Uh, it might. Who knows? Maybe we're like, hey, this is fun again, or maybe we figure out a new format for the show, or something else happens. Yeah, I mean, we someone asked, well, "What are you guys gonna do next?" I'm like, "Next, we still got four months of this." Number one, number two, nothing. <laughs> well, we don't know. We'll see. You know? Nothing is what I want to do. God damn it! This could evolve into something else. It could. Or you know, other people can take this kind of format yes they just can't have the name god damn it you can they can call themselves geeks fights the next generation uh, that's what i'm saying right now that that's what follows with a new cast and we'll make guest appearances okay i'm fine with well no we might make guest appearances but odds are it probably will suck larry hagman yeah he was, he was the uh, general or something oh but no uh, you know I, I i will say that yeah, you know, we may make guest appearances, but odds are there'll be way too much spite and hate in your show and not enough love. Sorry. Mike and I are a special breed because we don't care enough about either, either way. <laughs> we only care about like four things. It's, it's creating a sense of ambivalence yeah. that makes geek fights so great. <laughs> it, it really not is. Not being particularly invested. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That That's the way forward. Yeah, like because some people are too invested in things. Like, no, you can't do that. Can't do that at all. See, it, and also, and this is going to sound kind of weird. There is a little bit of it is kind of 
Something lacking uh, in a lot of, of geek culture is just the, the real honesty. Yeah. Like when you, we, like, you know, we had talked about this and I, I had even told you we, we had talked about doing this commentary as a nitpicker commentary. And I was like, I don't want to because I don't want to rip this movie apart, but I know I can't. Right. I know. I mean, I see flaws that are not even just like, you know, oh, it's not that big a deal. Things that are like, no, that's just plain stupid. But you can, you can. I acknowledge it. I recognize it. It's just I'm not going to think about it when I'm watching the movie. But it's not like I can honestly say no that this movie doesn't do any of that. It's like no, this movie doesn't make a bit of sense, like beginning to end. <laughs> but I love it. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with that. Oh wait, we should end this. Yeah, uh, movie's done. Movie's no, done. We're, we're we're ending the the commentary at some point. Unless Mike forgot to record it all, because I didn't record it on my end. Let's see. <laughs> and see, that was the thing, is I couldn't check during the show. Yeah, we've been recording for two hours and 38 minutes, so we've yeah, got a recording. So, so we've got a recording of something. We don't know what. Um, <laughs> <laughs> two, two hours of... But uh, yeah, Mike's going to stop recording, but we're going to continue this conversation <laughs> because it's good. <laughs> hey, maybe you can listen to it. But, we'll uh, see, because Mike isn't stopping recording. But it, anyway, it's over. Keep fighting the geek fight. Good night.